0: and welcome to the cinematic schematic the official podcast of the cinematropolis.com your home to thoughtful conversations on film today we're going to be talking about the little golden men who are going to be appearing on the biggest night in movies celebrating last year 2022's biggest films that's right ladies and gentlemen we're back at it again the annual tradition continues We are talking the 95th Academy Awards. We're going to start by breaking the ice with our overall thoughts on this year's program. And then we're going to move on to our main feature of this week's special episode. We're going to go through most, not all, but most of the Oscar categories and provide our predictions. So for those of you who haven't been keeping up with all the the Guild Awards and, and you want to have some educated guesses for how to fill out your ballot this year, you're in the right place. And, of course, rejoining me for this annual tradition, I need to count. I want to say it's been five, maybe six, for the sixth year since we started this podcast. I'm rejoined by my co-host, an award-winning Oklahoma filmmaker, Leron Chapman. Leron, welcome back.
1: It's great to be back. It's, um, you know, a lot of people say this is the artist's Super Bowl, but I'll one-up that and say that this is actually my second Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> to me. even,
0: even better than the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, I
1: love you, Rihanna, but...
0: That was a great halftime show.
1: You know, considering people gave her a hard time for it. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: one of my favorite things about the Oscar show is that as much as possible, you know, other than when, you know, pandemics uh, impact the recording session, we try to bring on uh, some new faces for the Oscar show every year. And this year we have a pair of first time guests that I'm very excited to introduce you to. First up. We have the Ernst and Entertainment Features writer for the Oklahoman. She's also a member of the Oklahoma Film Critics Circle and knows the OFCC, Brandy McDonnell. Brandy, welcome. How's it going? Good. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: I'm excited. Twelfth times the charm in terms of like trying to set this up. I think you've invited me a good dozen times.
1: Persistence is hey,
0: I'm, I'm just glad that you were you were able to, to to carve out a space to talk about the Oscars. I hope this was a good one.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. I, I appreciate you continuing to ask because I was always willing, but never quite worked out on the timings so
0: Of course. Until today. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Um, well, big fan of all the things you're doing here in Oklahoma, highlighting all of the Oklahoma film projects we have, Oklahoma musicals. I mean, you are the person uh, in Oklahoma, in terms of like arts and entertainment, um, I know I know for a lot of people out there uh, who read the Oklahoma, and you're like the face of that. So I count it as a privilege to have you at this table.
2: No, you're very sweet. Thanks. So I, much. I
1: consider you my unsigned publicist because I'll look out and there's marketing going on for my work, and I'm like, she did a write up about me, and we, th- th- I don't even need to. It's fine. It's. It it makes my heart beam. So thank well, you for everything you do for the film community.
2: Well, all you have to do is make another feature film, Lauren. That's all I asked.
1: <sighs> it's gonna happen. Such a it's such a, a small,
2: such a small request, right? It's in the works. Just make another movie,
1: man. Make yeah, another movie. Make what's another your mo- big what's the big deal? Yeah. You have a million dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Also joining us, just voted into the Oklahoma Film Critics Circle this past fall. He's from the Real Deal podcast, Seth Stewart. Seth, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic.
3: Thank you for having me. No, I am excited to talk to Oscars. It's my favorite thing in the whole world, except for, I mean, Scream, obviously, too, (laughs) and Halloween. But yeah, no, I'm excited. My girlfriend's also very excited, so I can talk to somebody else about this instead of her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so she can stop hearing you. My, if you're like, if it seems like my
0: fiance, where is like, yes, I know this person should win Best Picture for the 18th time. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, she's definitely tired of it. She usually watches like True Crime, and that's it. So I force her to watch so many things with me. <laughs>
0: you know the good news. We'll, we'll get into it here in a minute. But you know, I have to say, when talking about this year's Oscar ceremony, generally, the good news is my repetition has been generally positive things to say with some caveats. Sure. Versus, I think, Lauren, what's been like the last like. Two or three of these where we're like, I mean, the movies are good, but no one saw them, and then the ceremony's a train wreck or something. There's always right. something, something, you know. Okay. Like um,
1: last year's ceremony was almost perfect almost, until it, was so it perfect. wasn't. Until. until it wasn't. I was like, man, this is going smooth. There's no mistakes. I feel like the jokes are landing. The energy's good. All of them, but one. Well, well there you go. <laughs> it I'm it pretty landed. sure it landed. Like, it landed. Yeah, it yeah. Just, in
2: someone's face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, they. <laughs> you know, they've implemented a crisis. The, the department now for yes. the, the ceremony now in honor of that, that incident. So yep. it's like, oh, man.
0: LaRon, you took the words right out of my mouth. No, uh, sorry, because <laughs> No, no, no. It's perfect because I read the uh, – hold on. I'll, I'll pull up. I actually have the statement pulled up from uh, the Academy Chief Executive Bill Kramer said the new team had, in quotes, run many scenarios and hope that they will be, in quotes, prepared for anything that might take place at the gala on the 12th of March, which is due to be hosted by U.S. comedian Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. I have questions. What are many scenarios? Right. If Chuck Norris falls from the rafters, do this.
1: Like, and right. also, what do they, they have? Do they have like a SWAT give team. Me, like, give me a, a range of scenarios. That does just,
2: that feel like a gauntlet to anybody else for a room full of screenwriters?
1: Mm, it's like, yeah.
2: What kind of scenario could I come up with that they didn't have? Did they their didn't master think plan?
1: about exactly?
0: <laughs> I'm, you know, it's fun too. And again, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. But Jimmy Kimmel, my secret hope is that he is going to play to that premise mm-hmm. i hope mm-hmm. he likes to play pranks on
3: people how crazy do they think it's going to be this is the same award show that gave an award
1: to green book uh, <laughs> well and that's what i'm saying i was like it's probably not going to happen again guys i mean i think no one is, is feeling more aggrieved than you know like will smith right now like so like it's like no one wants to be him right now you know what i mean like what he's going through with that so i'm like Listen who me. would duplicate that moment in the last decade we've had
0: the la la land snafu mm-hmm. and we've had the slap i feel like there's another big thing i'm forgetting but those two just in the last decade like yeah. like that i think i feel like in some ways have both hurt the credibility of the academy yeah, awards so true. well with that said listeners before we get to our overall thoughts on the show this year and our uh category by category predictions i wanted to note that if you're listening to the show and you enjoy this conversation and uh, and you enjoy the the banter, you enjoy the predictions, please support us by subscribing to The Cinematic Schematic on your preferred podcast app. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to leave us a rating and a review. With that said, let's get to the topic at hand, the Academy Awards. So I want to just get quick takes on the, the Oscar nominations in general. We're going to get into the more of the specifics as we go through the categories. But I wanted to do a pulse check with how is everyone feeling about where we're at with nominations, because there's some years, green book, where you're like, How how did this movie get in? And there's other years where it feels like everything's really, really strong. Lauren Chapman, kick us off here.
1: You know, I'm mostly happy with them. I mean, I think minus maybe three or four glaring oversights in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of diversity here, um, which I think is going unnoticed, you know. Um, we have a lot, I mean, predominantly all first-time nominees, you know, with the exception, I think, of maybe three or four people. Everyone is a first-time nominee, a lot of career firsts, you know. So we got your, you got Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, it's really nice to see, you know, I mean, Bill Nye. you know, first-time nominee, which all, all very exciting for a lot of people. So it does seem like it's, it's. this is the year of the resurgence, or the year of the like, let's spread the love to all these people who've been around for decades who've never gotten acknowledged or recognized. So, that's really good to see. So that's the plus. I think there's a couple names that are omitted in a couple categories. We'll get into it, but um, but generally speaking, I'm I'm happy with with what what's on display here.
0: Brandi, how about you? What do you think of the nominations overall?
2: I'm still pretty salty about them to be honest with you. That, That's fair. That no women in the best director category in a world where women talking and the women woman king both came out in the same year. You just skip me with that business. Mm. Cause I'm just nope, Mm-mm. nope. Yeah. You killed it right there for me. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. cannot support your uh your nonsense at this point. There's a lot of people that I'm really excited to see, you know. I mean, who couldn't be excited for the actors out of everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. All of them are just the best, so you yeah. couldn't be excited about seeing those folks nominated. I think there's some, I think there's some really great nominees. That said, it just feels like an enormous step backward. Mm-hmm. Um, as given the history of the Academy Awards, the, they just the, I mean, last year was the first time two women had ever won back to back in Best Director. Right. I mean, in 95 years. Right. So, and the fact that, like I said, there were really good films. Right. Women talking. One of my favorite films of the year. Same. Probably number two on my list when we get to that point. And Woman King didn't even get anything. I
1: can't believe that movie got shut shut out. That's the most egregious one for me is like Woman King was a, a box office success. so You can't say it didn't make money. You know what I mean? Like, and it has an all predominantly all black cast. So it's like, there's no, like to say that it does like this obviously was a draw Viola Davis at 57 years old, the physicality of the being an action star. And it was also, it had gravitas, you know, Gina Prince Brywood could have been a great, a great, a great nominee for that, for that spot. That would have been a historic moment too. Could have been the first black woman of color to ever get a nomination for, you know? Um, so, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's still sitting at the in the '90s, you know, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever that's worth, if, with critics and audiences. So it's loved by both camps. So and
0: it's, it's been—I mean, like it's been pretty. I mean, I have a lot of relatives who normally they aren't like yeah. they just casually watch movies and like, yeah, it's like Gladiator, but in Africa. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs>
4: cool. Well, you know, I mean, like well, you know,
0: that's the, the, it has a real appeal that goes beyond like a certain core audience. It's that one's probably the biggest surprise—the one yeah. you just
1: totally shut but out zero, but costume nominations, anything.
2: Well, and people. the real corollary to it that you could draw is to like all quiet on the western front in terms of like the same type of movie except for substitute women who are black Mm -hmm. and africa instead of europe and you've got a very similar type of film and you see and i'm a big fan of all quiet on the western front i'm not gonna lie is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. of the past year but there's so many correlations between those two types of films yeah the difference is black creatives black women black men in africa in a very similar type of film and it gets completely shut out. Meanwhile, all Quiet on the Western front has all kinds of flowers.
1: Almost over dominated it to a degree if you think, but yeah, I think you
3: can even draw comparisons to Top Gun as well. Like it's another crowd pleaser and a box office success and blockbuster and I yep. don't know. I thought Woman King was a much better film. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited that Top Gun is in some of
0: these categories. But best, be, the best screenplay guys. I mean, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's Not cinematography,
2: <laughs> but screenplay. Really? That is a little <laughs> bit of a confusing thing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So, well, Seth, anything else you want to add uh, about the the nominations overall? I'm more positive this year than in past years. I think. I think there's some glaring omissions, specifically in the Best Actress category um, and cinematography. But other than that, I'm. I'm okay with it. I'm more positive than negative.
0: I think uh, I lean pretty closely to to Laurent's side of things, and and you, Seth, as well. Here's my thing. I, the the one thing I want to add is generally satisfied, generally happy. Probably the most the happiest I've been collectively in a few years with the big picture. I think, yeah, huge emissions, as Brandy just noticed. I personally am happy to see that there's a good mixture of like films that are popular, and I'm not sitting here saying. We should just nominate movies because they're popular. I'm glad that we have move popular movies that could be in the conversation for top film of the year, alongside indie films like Tar, um, like Triangle of Sadness, uh, like The Banshees of Inisherin, and Everything Wall at Once being like this movie that's like un seems unstoppable now. But like, if you would have told me a year ago that th- this was the movie that was going to be sweeping. Just based on the premise, I would have been like, "There's no way the Academy is going to go for a genre movie like that, right?" And it came out in March
1: mm-hmm. at South by Southwest, and like I said, like I was there, you know. So it's just bizarre that that movie had legs because normally they fizz out by the come by the time they get to the fall.
2: You mean like Batman?
1: Oh, that <laughs> man. Okay, yeah, it's gonna
2: break my heart. I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. Just, I was really. I enjoyed that film a whole lot more. thought it was a much better quality film. Um, I could actually see it. I was like, oh, my gosh, great. Another Batman movie where I won't be able to understand what he's saying or see what he's doing. (laughs) But it was so
1: much better better than
2: than I expected it to be. And and even – that may sound like faint praise, but I really – loved that film and enjoyed that film and it was the yeah. one of the first films that had got me excited about what DC was doing in a good long while and yeah. then not only has it gotten no love from the DC camp really in terms of like building a universe or whatever you want to call it now. Um but it got so little love from mm-hmm. The Oscars. It I was. Didn't get like, cinematography. It didn't,
0: it didn't get, get cinematography, cinematography and score. score. Those yeah, were the two was, I was like, yeah. I could not believe it. Uh, yeah.
1: Did it get makeup? I don't know if it did.
0: Uh, yes, it did because of the penguin.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That and visual effects,
0: I think, are the only two.
2: Yeah. And sound is. it got
1: sound. sound. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I, overall, I, I, it's nice to see, again, I'm not saying we collectively as a group like all these, but again, seeing popular, a good mix of movies from multiple genres that we're not leaning into one type. There's at least three movies on here that I think most people saw or are at least aware of. Again, not, I'm not saying that we should nominate popular films because they're popular. But it's like, Lauren. I mean, you and yeah. I have been saying for years, well, maybe the popular movies, if they were just better, maybe yeah. they would get nominated for Best well, Picture. And, what's and this year we finally got some that were at least, you know, you could make the argument.
3: Without right?
1: having the popular movie category. Right. <laughs> yeah, if this yeah, was a report yeah, card yeah. the thing is is like if there was at least one woman directed like one one woman director nominated and if you had given me a Danielle Deadwaller <laughs> nomination and then I would say you know what honestly I didn't get everything I wanted but everything is represented here. And the thing is is that the thing that they omitted like she mentioned in a year when the woman king after sun till you know what I mean? Like, and the list just keeps going on causeway they, there's, there's at least seven viable options, I think for a director. Cause normally it's like, oh, well they just weren't as good as the films that were directed by men this year. And that's an excuse I feel like can be used any year, but that's to people who aren't actually watching the movies. Right. You know? So, well, like, and
0: again, uh, all, all infinite respect yeah. for Steven Spielberg. I will have infinite <laughs> immortal respect for Steven Spielberg. Just want to reiterate that. But he also, I, and I understand the Fablemans is a deeply personal project him that I also liked, but does he really need to be... To use that slot for a guy who's already won a few times and been dominated countless other
1: times. He was here last year with West Side Story. Right. And, and I'll be honest, I liked it a little bit more. I'm, I am But will get agree. into it. I we'll agree. Get into
0: yeah. It. Yep. Well, hey, before we get to actually get going through each category, I just wanted to really quickly, I don't want to indulge on this part too long, but just so we can give uh, our listeners a little taste of where we're coming from with our personal preferences here, let's uh, go through how you would rank each of the best picture nominees this year. Let's start with the bottom. So okay. from number 10 all the way down to bottom number one. To top. There, yeah, you know. yeah.
3: Seth, I'll start with you. My number 10 is Avatar. And then I went to Elvis, All Quiet, Women Talking, Top Gun, Maverick. They're tied. Uh, Banshees of Inish. And, and I can't say it. And assurance? I've never been able to say it. I say it differently every time. <laughs> then uh, number four is The Fablements. Number three, Triangle of Sadness. Two is Tar. And then number one is Everything Everywhere. All right. Great selections. I feel like... Seven of those are could change. Or, yeah. Like the middle seven are all equal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like 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 there's a there's one or two that are clearly your top two and then there's the one or two, two that are the bottom, bottom ones. Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Randy
2: So there are two of them I haven't seen, so I feel like I should be up front about that. One of them is the Avatar sequel and That's I it's fine. I was not a big fan of the first one. I thought it was visually spectacular. And I just feel like that movie has become more problematic in the intervening years. Yes. Uh, the the
4: second one is better. The second one is better though. I will I will, it I will better, really argue but it, you yes. know, yes. yes.
2: So I haven't seen that one. I also have not seen Triangle of Sadness. And I actually told this to Caleb. It is nothing more than the fact that mentally and and emotionally I feel like I have a strong stomach, but physically I do not. And so, just watching the trailer was enough for me. And I was one of those people googling like how much vomiting is in this movie. It's a twenty-minute sequence I, I, of see, vomiting. See, I can't.
4: Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, Two I minutes flashbacks. and I'm done, guys. Yeah.
2: So, um, so I, I have a top eight, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> and, um, and starting from the bottom is is Tar, and that movie can go right in the trash as whoa, far as I'm concerned. Whoa. So, all right. Uh, okay. In the bit. Um, and then seven would be Fableman's. Six would be Elvis. Uh, five would be Top Gun Maverick. Four, All Quiet on the Western Front. Three, Banshees of Inishirin. Did I say it right? You said it way better
3: than I did. Okay.
2: Two, Women Talking, and then number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once.
0: All right. Well, that is... You know, I don't blame you for the upset stomach thing because I, as a person who can confirm I generally have a very strong stomach, also got kind of nauseous. They do a very effective directing, yes. you know.
1: I will say, you know, because I, I hate, too, that that movie is being associated with its vomiting sequence because it, it, there really is so much going on yes. in that movie. But and it, it's it's a notable scene and it does, it is an extended scene. So I do warn people, like, if you have – seasickness motion sickness that's a thing and then yes there's 20 minutes of vomiting and shitting but you know like but i was like but there is a lot of things happening in that there's three acts to that story and that's the second act and um the first two the first act and the last act are like chef's kiss you know so um, I I still like act
0: two because there's some amazing Woody Harrelson stuff there's a lot of
1: humor in the (laughs) vomit it does become funny after a point but then you're like okay where are we going guys like why am I still watching people doing this but it is you know but that has kind of become almost it seems like it's derailed the larger point of what the movie is about but it is it is a big scene so I can't say if you do have a weak stomach I I can't say that it's not going to affect you you know so but um, Or maybe
2: you have to just practice strategic watching and just
0: watch the first and the second and act. It,
1: and it is literally divided and, in the yeah, chapters. So it's really like yeah. you could
0: – you would miss Woody Harrelson. That would be the one drawback. But yeah. but otherwise, I <laughs> think you could do that. And Dolly yeah.
3: DeLeon. She yes. oh, well, yeah, is great, but part. She's, she's the best, part. She yes, the best I, part. I
2: do applaud the concept and just the cojones of, of that, that film. But, but no, yes. I just functionally – Fair enough. would not be able to get through it.
1: Yeah, I know what's best for you, and I appreciate that. Um, um, Laurent Chapman. For me, uh, yeah. So th- at the bottom, I do have Elvis. Um, and I'll say this, you know, with a caveat. Like, I mean, I, I, there, five of my top five are in this top, or in this 10. So I'm very happy with this list. And Elvis being at the bottom of my list is by no means saying I don't like the film. I do think that um, I like Bos Lerman a lot. I think Moulin Rouge is his magnum opus. You know, it's one of my top 10 favorite movies. Um, and I think that Austin Butler ran away with that movie. I think he's just fantastic in it. And so I think he deserves all the praise he's getting. But it is at the bottom just comparatively with my per- preference with these others. And Avatar 2 <laughs> is, at, is the next one up. I do think it's visually spectacular again. I do think it's an improvement on the on the last one. But I just – I find myself it has diminishing – you know, like, again, as, as I've separated myself from it, I'm not thinking about it anymore. It didn't, it didn't leave an emotional impact by any means. It's still something worth seeing for what they've done with technology up to this point um, in terms of special effects. Uh, the Fablemans is next. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, then Women Talking. Then Triangle of Sadness. Uh, the Banshees of Inesheron. Top Gun feels like it's way too high on my list, but I just had too much fun at that movie, and I I don't like the first one. And it has a special place for a lot of people, and that's fine, and... I just had zero zilch, no interest in seeing Top Gun. I was like, I don't want to see that movie. I won't even, I won't even watch it. And then the reviews came in, and then the money came in, and then I went and saw it, and then I got sucked. And then Lady Gaga was had a song for it. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. And then I left, like I was so engaged. I was like, you know, and it felt so nos- like weirdly nostalgic. I, I wasn't born in the 80s, but it, it just had this like, okay. From a bygone era of action movies,
0: a star-driven blockbuster action film vehicle. made yeah. largely with practical effects.
1: Yes, so I have that there at number three. Ah, uh, I love Tar, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So Tar is number two for me, and then, of course, everything ever at once. Why, if that's not at the top of your list, then what, what are you even doing? You know. So, so <laughs> <laughs> to your
3: point, my girlfriend hates Tar too, and it's, we will it's get a divisive film,
1: it. so it's it, it's fine. But it's, I. I just—I
0: haven't I, recommended it to very many people except for the people I, I'm like you're—you're you're gonna dig it, but that's like maybe three percent of the people I know. Maybe, yeah. It's—it's—it's <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's, it's definitely a very singular experience. Mm-hmm. So. I think
2: my objection started out philosophical, and then I sort of made myself watch the film as objectively as possible, and then it became a filmmaking issue after that. And it's like, oh, now it's like doubly hated by me, and it just <laughs> needs to go away. I have a tar spiel that I would love to be given a platform to speak because I <laughs> feel very strongly about getting it off my chest, but I don't want to step on your rank. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll find some time for that. I, I, I promise. Maybe you can talk about it when we talk about best actress, actress <laughs> <category. gotta> work. <laughs> Uh Okay, so full disclosure, I did not see All Quiet on the Western Front. Nothing to do with the movie. 100% of Kalo Masters. You know, you ever feel like I feel like I've just seen every war movie I've never I've ever needed to see. And I know this one's supposed to be an exceptional war movie, and I'm down for that. And it's World War One. I. I have seen the original, like there's a 1930s film. Mm-hmm. I've seen that one. Nothing to do with the movie. It's just, hey, you want to sit down and watch a two and a half hour war movie when you could watch all these other screens that you need to watch or any of these other TV shows you want to watch? It just... And I'm sure it's great, and I will watch it at some point.
1: I failed it's on Netflix. you got time.
0: I, I, I failed Laron. I told him I'd have it watched by this podcast, <laughs> and I did not achieve that. So, um, again, nothing to do with the movie, just personally. They're like, still I,
1: in the trenches waiting for <laughs> the white flag to be waved. Um, and you, <laughs>
0: With that said, number nine, Elvis. I thought it was fine. Speaking of movies that were three hours long, though, that was one, if it was two hours, yeah. I probably would have ranked that movie considerably higher, even two hours and ten minutes. But uh, three hours of Boz Lerman's a lot of Boz Lerman. Three Um, hours of that time. Hank's performance was a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, But again, I love all the Boz Lerman things about it, the visuals, the music, the score, the the production design. Like, all of those things are really exceptional. It just was a lot. And it was one of those by the time we hit after the second hour, I was like, oh, how much time? Oh, God, we've got another hour left, you know? <laughs> um, and again, not that the last hour was terrible. You just kind of get to the point where you're like, you're ready for
1: it. It was yeah. a lot of maximal. He's a maximalist. Yeah, and three, th- hours three hours is a long time to be that stimulated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, not a bad movie, though. I, yeah. I did like it. And uh, the fa- again, to your point, Laron, Elvis ranking at the bottom. For me it's more of an indicator that this was a really strong year for movies, um particularly uh, best picture nominees. Number eight, the Fablemans, very surprising. I swore that was gonna be like my number one movie this year. I didn't even I think it was my number twenty five on my top list uh, and number eight uh, of the best picture nominees. Number seven, women talking. Um, love Sarah Polly's direction here. Love the cast. I'm not sure it's a movie I'm going to revisit, but I really respect the hell out of it. And I'm glad it's at least getting some love probably deserved a little bit more. Uh, number six, triangle of sadness. We've already talked about that. I just think that movie a great time and it has a lot of things on its mind that I personally am really interested in. Number five, top gun maverick. I mean, it was the Cinderella story of the year. I remember going into the summer. No one thought this movie was going to be a hit. Like nobody was saying, yeah, well this movie is going to, like, going to kick everything's ass. Now, and it, it just every week, seeing that it was it, the, the the box office week after week, 10 weeks in, just kept making more money. And the fact that there were people, my parents wanted to see it. And then my parents don't go to the movies very often. And they were like talking about it. I was like, this is really special.
1: And and I also thought it was a great time. Thanks, Tom. Even though he's a problematic person, but God damn it. He, he believes the movies. He made a good movie. He made a <laughs> great
0: movie. And you know, what? he had the kahunas to like keep, because I'm sure Paramount, during yeah. the pandemic, was like, guys, it's streaming. all going streaming. Put it on Paramount Plus. What we a gotta terrible sell it. idea! It would have ruined the movie. That would have yeah. been awful. You know, no, I mean the movie would have been fine, but it just yeah. it, he's and he said this in every interview. We designed this specifically for the big screen. Yeah. Um, so kudos to to Tom Cruise for sticking to his guns on that. Uh, that puts me at number four. Avatar: The Way of Water. Not only do I think it's a technical masterpiece, I think that James Cameron just knows how to deliver a damn good time. I had so much fun. No one builds set pieces and. And like stages action sequences better than James Cameron, uh, and no one this this is a feature for me, not a bug. Some people see it as a bug. No one knows how to deploy and utilize tropes as effectively as him to reach as large an audience as possible. Hmm.
2: I mean, no one knows how to steal indigenous narratives and paint them blue and <laughs> put tails on them like James Cameron. Hey. I mean, that's mean, but. I'm
0: we gonna had that it, podcast. I'm going to put it that, out there. We had that podcast. <laughs> we did uh, have I mean, that one. <laughs> I think he's a lot more sensitive to it in the sequel. But uh, again, I don't yeah. take it from me. Go listen to our podcast. Sunrise Tipikani chimed in. And it obviously is. there's tons of other indigenous critics out there who have a lot to say about this. Number three, the Banshees of Ennis I love Brennan Gleeson. I love Colin Farrell. And Bruges is one of my favorites favorite movies uh, mm. ever. So this felt like a worthy spiritual successor. It felt like a really amazing reunion with Mark McDonough to see him. I think the top of his, the best thing he's done since in Bruges, honestly, because I have not been a huge fan of his last couple of films, but that that this one went, uh, in my book earned it. Number two, Tar. We'll have to talk about this because I uh, it was not that high on my list when I saw it. But as time went on, it occupied up here. So it moved up. And then, of course, number one, everything Everywhere All at once. Uh, you can listen to our top five films of 2022 podcast where all of us gave it like no contest. We're like, this is the best movie. And, and we hadn't exchanged answers before or anything. It was kind of
1: amazing. It was almost like we all know what everyone put the first right. one. That's yeah. all of our number ones. Too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All of our number ones.
0: Awesome. <laughs> all right, everyone. With that said, now you know a little bit more about where we stand on the Best Picture nominees. Let's get to breaking down each category, starting with Best Adapted Screenplay. So really quickly, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about who will win, who should win, and only if you have an answer for this, you might not. If you have an answer, who should have been there? So best adapted screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass, Onion, and Knives Out Mystery, Living,
3: Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Seth, I'll start with you. Women Talking should win. I think it w- oh will win. I'm sorry, and it should win. Um, I also, yeah. am am I saying it all three of them? What you do can, think? Yeah, you okay. can do all three of them. Yeah. So I think women talking will and should win. I think I also really liked Glass Onion. I don't know mm. how I feel about it as an adapted screenplay because I do think it's an <laughs> original screenplay. Just it's that's a weird technical. Character.
0: It's a it's a weird technicality if it's basically yeah. if it's a sequel to a different an existing
3: property, property. But, but it's just weird. Yeah, yeah it is weird. Yeah. I think you guys like Top Gun more than I did, but I don't know why the hell it's here. No, no. nobody no like should be here instead. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think women talking is going to walk away with it, but watch out for all quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all good selections. I um, wouldn't have said that if it wasn't for the Baftas, but
0: right. Baftas. The right. Baftas love the hell out of it. They yeah. love war movies. Yeah. <laughs> the Baftas, They really do. Uh, Brandy, what do, what do you think?
2: Well, I will say that um, All Quiet on the Western Front, I think you should see it. It is um, a much better adaptation in terms of being true to the book, which is an anti-war book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is an anti-war, war war film. And I don't think that every war film that you see that comes down the pike, not even most of what Hollywood has Mm -hmm. done, is an anti-war, war war film to the level that this one is from the very opening scene. So I think you'll really enjoy it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, technicalities aside, I I love glass onion. Um, I, that would be the one that I would pick in this. I, the reason why I don't say women talking is because I feel like it's absolutely a consolation prize for somebody who deserves best director. Um, it's like, Oh, we'll give you adapted screenplay because we got to give the girl something
3: for the second Um, time.
2: And so, yeah, exactly. And so if, if she wins, it's definitely, to me, going to feel almost like a letdown. Not that I would never want Sarah Polly to win, particularly for this film, but it just it feels like, uh, oh, give the girl adaptive adapted screenplay. you got to give her something. Um, but I do think that All Quiet has a really good chance of winning. I think it has a lot of momentum, and it is a very much, as we saw at the BAFTAs, it's very much the movie industry's idea of yeah. a best screenplay, best movie kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it.
0: All right. I'm glad we're getting some love for Glass Onion here um, because uh, I didn't slot that in, but I really want to talk about how I thought that movie was a blast and I thought what was a timely screenplay was made even more timely in the release in which the movie came out like a month after Elon Musk bought Twitter. And it's like, I mean, I know it's not Elon Musk. It's a bunch of rich people, but I was (laughs) like- It's also Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) That was my number two of the whole year. I I I
0: love that film.
2: And it is extremely well. I mean, I think this is a- an instance where it's perfect for that category. Technicalities aside, whether mm. you think it's adapted or original, I think it's perfect for a screenplay because where it shines is in how well it's constructed.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think for it's sure. great
2: every other way. I mean, I think it's well cast. I think it's mm. well costumed for heaven's sake. I think it's well yeah. shot. I mean, I think everything about it, but as far as just like at the heart of it, it is a well constructed screenplay.
1: Yeah. The other stuff doesn't work if you don't have that, 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 exactly. that strong foundation with the writing for sure. Well,
0: and the thing, uh, I've gushed about Ryan Johnson on this podcast so many times. I'll, I'll keep it short, but I, I just think he has such a—he's so good at writing a love letter to a genre, but then also pushing it to do new and inventive things that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. in a way that is pretty refreshing. Yes. Um, whereas he's not just—he's not just executing something we know. He's taking that and saying, "Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that," but also, what if we did this? Or what mm-hmm. if we did that? Um, all while still utilizing a lot of like the, the strong foundations we have from a classic Who Done It.
1: Which is another way of saying you should be watching Poker Face on Absolutely. Peacock. I'm
0: two episodes in and it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It. I love it. Yeah, it yeah. Is so two much fun. In. So good.
1: Ryan Johnson, Natasha Leon, Different podcast again, but also watch it's that for so sure. Good.
2: What are we six podcasts in now? Six podcasts. <laughs> How long are we staying? <laughs> and
3: uh, Oscar nominee Stephanie Sues in last night's
1: episode. She is. Oh, oh wow. I gotta okay. catch up. That's uh, tonight's right? Hmm. Tonight's episode. Yes, That's today Thursday. Oh, yeah, today is it, sure. it's it's Thursday. All right, Lorraine Shaban. So. Um, I think should and will win women talking here. I do think it is going to be characterized as a, as a, consolation prize, as Brandy mentioned, but I do think it is the best screenplay. Um, I was, that's what I leaned into As the women were talking in a barn. That's what the people keep talking about. It's the women in a barn talking and they make it sound like it's boring. I was like, that's the thing though when you watch it it's not and that's that's what is that's the aspect of it that i think that sarah paulie invigorated with this movie is that she took something that could have felt static and stale and it's electrifying and it's empowering and it has this um you know yeah you feel emboldened after you watched it and you you know they have to make a very difficult decision and a lot of it is kind of you know just alluded to we don't really see the grimy violence and all of that but you know their 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 dialogue and their interplay with one another. All these these women, you know, as they're they're talking about these very vulnerable situations, is really powerful. And I think that you know that you know a good director had to take that those words and give it this 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 energy and this flow. And I think that she did that and she accomplished that. So that would be my personal choice for it. And I hope that she does get it. Cause I, I do think it is the best screenplay in this category. I do think the dark horse though, will be all quiet on the Western front.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to lean in. will win uh women talking could win, uh, could win uh, all quiet on the Western front. I think that's, it's pretty close in my book. I am going to lean into more pragmatically women talking should win. Now, my personal preference actually is glass onion i'm not gonna like if i was picking caleb master's flavor that would be what i pick and i do agree it's going to be positioned as a consolation prize and i don't think that's right however i also just would be heartbroken if this movie didn't walk away with if it something, walked away empty-handed that would be something. pretty soul-crushing yeah. Um, and i'd be pretty disappointing so that's why it seems like this is the most likely it has to win any category i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong um, Should have been there. I don't know, guys. I'm the only person. I should say only person. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I thought it was incredible. I, I thought it was a great script. It made me cry at least three times. There was so much passion and enthusiasm with that project. And I'll probably not the last time you're going to hear me talk about that movie tonight. <laughs> but uh, I thought it transcended animation. And uh, the, I was hoping the Academy might see that with Del Toro attached. But nah, everyone's like, well, it's that cool stop motion movie. <laughs> um, so anyway. That's that's my should have been there. Uh, let's move on to best original screenplay. So the nominees here are the, Bansies, the Banshees of Anishirin. How many ways
2: can we mispronounce <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you're listening, you can take a shot every time we mispronounce the Banshees of Anishirin. You might die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second, we have Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, number three, The Fablemans, number four, Tar, and number five, Triangle of Sadness. Brandy, I'll start with you on this one.
2: No, I think it's the easiest one to predict because I think everything everywhere should win, and, and I think it will win. I think it's just sort of to Laurent's point about Glass Onion, it is what everything springs from in that entire movie and all of its fantastic performances and great visuals and crazy ideas. I think it all has to start on the page. If it didn't have this – if it didn't have that strong of a screenplay, the whole thing would have fallen apart by about 90 minutes in. But um, – I th- it didn't because it's a testament to how
1: well it was written.
0: They were able to do a multiverse movie and make it make sense not through logic but through the emotion. same
1: year as, uh, as Doctor Strange it's came multi- out. So they Which was dog <laughs> shit. <said>. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that,
0: like as, as good as that movie. That as bad as that movie wasn't was. Uh, it certainly everything everywhere all at once coming out two months before it certainly didn't do any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were like. Why would I ever watch that one? Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: it's like I'm wearing an incredible shirt. Why would anybody ever watch a Fantastic Four movie when you could just watch Incredibles again?
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean you're not wrong. So in <laughs> the world we live in, you are correct, Leron Chavin
1: Um for me, yes. Uh Everything Everywhere All at Once should and will win in this category. Um if there is a dark horse, I think it could be the Banshees of Finish and It is a well-written screenplay. And um also it's another character-driven story. I think that the writing is strong there, but I, I really feel like in terms of if we're going with the category, like the genre of this category is best original screenplay, that it's just it it's hard to it's hard to really compare. You know what I mean? How much invention has gone into you know everything everywhere all at once compared to the other the other four? So um, I think everything everywhere all at once should and will take this one.
0: OK, uh, I'm going to I mean, no doubt. I think everything everywhere at once is going to win this one. And honestly, it's a toss up. Uh, so we'll win if you're betting. Absolutely bet on that film. Toss up. I, I marked down should win Banshees. But it's honestly, I think both films have tremendous screenplays. Um, they're just doing two very, very, very different things. Um, it's mostly, I think, the, the dialogue. Uh, and Banshee screenplay—it's it, it, so compelling, and I could just sit and watch and listen to it all day. It doesn't—it does help that they have very thick Irish accents. That does
3: help, which is an <laughs>
0: acting choice. I
3: understand. <laughs> <And> both <laughs> movies are so weird, but they're also so relatable. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. But I, but also, I'm not saying uh, if everything, everywhere, all at once wins, I'm also extremely happy. So I think those are both good. Uh, Should have been there. Nope. Jordan Peele's nope. I I would have loved to have seen that. Um, It's, again, tough category. I like all the movies that we have nominated here. But, uh, you know, nope, got shut out. And that's a little disappointing. And, uh, you know, maybe we should have thought about that, perhaps, instead of Triangle of Sadness or The Fablemans. But that's just me. All right. I
3: I agree. I think everything everywhere will and should win. But do we really think that it's going to walk away with all this stuff? Yes, It's.
1: Is it going to be a parasite year? Is it going to just sweep? I think mean, it's going
3: to be a
2: parasite year. I am pretty sure that it will be. But even
3: here I feel like close. Martin McDonough has a pretty good shot because he's not going to win director, he's not going to win picture. No.
1: Right. If but they're going to give him a if they're going to give him a consolation prize, I think it will be in screenplay. Mm-hmm. Also, why is Fableman's here?
0: Right. <laughs> People love Tony Kushner. That's, that's why. That's the why. And right. Steven Spielberg but why is they, it afterside? they
2: love win. they love Steven Spielberg, but yeah. I I think that um I don't know that they'll feel a need to give Martin McDonough a consolation prize because he's certainly been there before. Sure. I mean, so I, I don't know that they'll necessarily. He feel won for three billboards, for right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Which again is another one where I'm like. You yeah, won that, screenplay for yeah. that? Um, I believe so. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. I need to check though. I'm going to verify yeah. that. But uh, that was the one where you're like, did that movie really deserve? I mean, it's not bad, but. Yeah. Was... But he didn't
3: get nominated for director that year, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I think so. Uh, okay. This is the weirdest category.
2: Yeah, I mean, cinematography? This, was, this was the oddest category. Yeah. It's like, why is this nominated and why isn't
0: this? Yeah. like <laughs> right. The most bizarre right. category. Yes. It's very strange. Best cinematography we have. Number one, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two, Bardo, Farsh, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Then we have Elvis, number three. Number four, Empire of Light. Number five, Tar. Man, this is an upsetting category. Just, mm. I mean, even trying to pick the winners is just disappointing. Uh, Seth, I'll start with you on this oh, one. crap.
3: You're going to be so mad at me.
2: Um, I'm I'm not going to be mad at you.
3: (laughs) I all quiet on the Western front will win. And I, out of these nominees, I think it should win. I also really liked tar. I'm just going to say it's so, I mean, compared to the ones that should have been here, it's boring. Like top gun should be here. Why is it not here? I mean, they literally created something new. Right. Um, I, I also liked Babylon. Like I thought it had way better cinematography. Um,
2: I thought Banshees of Inishiren had way better cinematography than
3: yeah, and everything than, everywhere. Than
0: a lot of these.
3: And Batman. Batman and was my pick. The
0: Batman, Batman had exceptional cinematography. Yeah.
3: Um It wouldn't have won, but it just
0: would have been nice to see it here, right? It should have won. I like, don't understand like I don't understand three of these movies. Yeah. I'll be honest. And yeah. I'm not even saying I dislike these movies. I'm just saying the choice of cinematography in these categories.
1: Um Laron? You know, um, you know, I'll say that like even like Bardo, I didn't I didn't love that movie. But if you're going to give it an award, cinematography is where you nominated, and that makes sense to me here. Um, Empire of Light is an interesting one. I love Roger Deakins, and this movie was very maligned by critics. I actually quite liked it. I like it a little bit more than the Fablemans, and I'm going to get in trouble for that. But um, you are going to get in trouble. with that. I'm going to Watch get in trouble words. for that. It, it it deals with the same themes, and I know that you know everyone. They just didn't like the approach. I love Olivia Colman. I just I really thought it it moved me a little bit more. And I connected with the romance with her and this kid than I did with. I love Michelle Williams. I love everything in the Fablemans. It just didn't connect with me on an emotional level, and I really wanted it to. um Whereas Empire of Light, which I think is an imperfect film, but it at least struck an emotional core with me. So, um, but it doesn't deserve cinematography though. That's what I'm. That's that's surprising to me here. Um, uh, Tar is interesting one. The cinematography of that is very interesting. I think comparatively, I wouldn't choose that one, but it is it is unique, you know, in yeah. this group, you know. But I do think that, by and large, without having um, a Top Gun Maverick here in this category, which should have been here and should have won for it, all Quiet on the Western Front, seems like the obvious choice to me here because it is it is stunning to look at. Um, from a visual standpoint, you know, you can turn that movie on mute for three hours and it's still pretty. So,
3: I want to add: I did not see Bardo or Empire of Light. Right, that's
0: fair. That's a, good, that's a good qualifier. Um, I didn't see All Quiet on the Western Front, and Ron ears he, he tell me it looks incredible. incredible it so. looks great. Uh, Brandy,
2: I think All Quiet on the Western Front um, probably should win, and I think it probably will win. I think the dark horse in that category is, I think. There's sort of a feeling of like – everyone loves Roger Deakins, okay? So he's in Tulsa this week to Mm -hmm. do stuff at Circle Cinema and Mm -hmm. he's at you know Magic City Books and and I'm not going to get to go to either one of those. But the level of like passion that people have for this person who are at all interested in film, I mean it's – I would say that he's right up there with John Williams in terms of somebody who people just believe is an icon that can do no wrong. And I think there may just be – a little bit of a of a feeling of wanting to honor him one more time, kind of thing that might make him a dark horse in that category. But I think even Roger Deakins would say, "Not my best work." Right. Best work. I mean, if we were being honest, I mean, if we if we were being honest, yeah. I would say it's not his best work. And I mean, maybe that's did you not, see the film? I did not. Okay, but I did see pieces of it more sure. than just the clips. I yeah. think I literally put it on, but then really didn't watch it. Just right. which happens sometimes when you're streaming.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You're busy doing other things, but I mean it did. It was beautiful to look at. Sure. Um, but I, I also don't know if that's really the what it always should be graded on, so to speak. I mean, I don't think that we're in the category to, to name the best Roger Deakins movie necessarily either in right. terms of cinematography. But, right. but I think that. There seems to be this groundswell of support to sort of like give him one more Oscar seems to be kind of the tone of things a little bit. And so there I think it might go to him. But I really especially in light of the BAFTAs and things like that, I think you're going to see All Quiet on the Western Front definitely win that
1: one. And I think for me, like what you said with it, when I say like it's not his best work, it's like. The movie doesn't lend itself for it to be his best work. You know what I mean? Like it's that's just, it's like it's the best it can be for what this movie is. You know, it's just like for me, I'm saying like, yeah, he directed it. And it looks great, but like, well, it's this kinda, isn't the one he needs another award well, for. You know what I mean? Like, well, you so, know,
0: it's like it's it's You know, in the vein of John Williams, it's like John Williams with the uh, the Fablemans. Like yeah. that's not his best score. Like it's not yeah. bad, but it's yeah. also just feels like another John Williams score. Just like I think uh, Empire at Light is another John uh, Roger Deakins. Uh, you know. Film, it looks good, but, like, is this his best work? Is it his most innovative? Is it his most interesting? Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh,
0: That said, having not seen All Quiet on the Western Front, because Mm -hmm. of that, I'm going to pick that I think Roger Deakins will win, not because it's my choice, but because I think just people will vote for Roger Deakins because maybe they don't know which other one to vote for, honestly. (laughs) Um, Should win of these nominees... Sure, I'll pick Tar. It's innovating. (laughs) Of these nominees, having not seen All Quiet on the Western Front, one caveat, it's probably the one I found the most visually interesting of what was nominated. But no Top Gun, no The Batman, no GDT's The Pinocchio. Like, there's just so many movies that I thought looked exceptional and were shot so well, and there was so much innovation, and they picked the most bizarre. This is
1: kind of a weak category, you know, um, and not because not because there weren't options, but because of what they chose. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, exactly. All Quiet on the Western Front is the only one I can say unequivocally. I think yes, cinematography. Well, I
2: think be. you even say women talking in that. I yeah. mean, I think she made the inside of a barn look better than some of this stuff does. <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah, no,
0: I agree. I think I think that the cinematography on women talking was better than at least two of these, um, or at least more innovative. That said, uh, okay, so weird category. And, and the last thing I'll just say is, best cinematography is usually. One of those categories where I'm like, like okay, well, Dune's not going to get Best Picture or Mad Max Fury Road, but this will be the one where we put like the big – or Blade Runner 2049. You'll put like the big genre-heavy thing that yeah. is uh, visually stunning. That's usually where I, I look to have a movie I really love win, and this this is just so weird. This, is, this year they did like the opposite of that. Uh, okay, so a fourth category we're talking about is Best Sound on that note. I'll cut that out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think you should leave it in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on the note of best sound, uh, our nominees are number one, All Quiet on the Western Front; number two, Avatar: The Way of Water; number three, The Batman; number four, Elvis; and number five, Top Gun: Maverick. Now, this is a competitive category mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I love all the choices for. Yeah, LeRon Shabon. What is your picks here,
1: man? Uh, I'm going to give this to Top Gun as the likely winner for me. Um, But honestly, I would not be disappointed with anything here. Maybe the exception just because of the other four being Elvis. Like, Elvis had good sound, but the other four just, I mean... Even Avatar, like it or not, like I mean, clearly what's going on there—the
0: sound of the whales,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, the war, war movies typically Guys, get taken. Guys, this, this is too. on
0: video, this is on audio, but Seth just gave us the most oh my shit. Oh, oh no. I
1: forgot about the fucking whales.
3: The so that's talking all I was talking about. Oh, that's God. why I hated that
1: movie when I first saw it. Oh, no, <laughs> the talking whales. <laughs> the most Sorry for the spoiler.
3: Great value conversation between <laughs> the twelve-year-old Sigourney Weaver and a whale. In a way. You know what? It started... I really
2: appreciated your eye roll there. Oh, just, I mean, I because yeah, okay. I feel like that is one of the things that I'm at a disadvantage at in podcasting, because I'm an exceptional eye roller. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say. Four stars for your eye roll. Generic. Generic conversation? Probably. Great sounding conversation? You better believe Fair it. Fair enough. Yes.
1: <laughs> this is a toss-up, though. I mean, I, 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 say, I say Top Gun, but I could easily see All Quiet winning this. I could easily see Avatar winning this. And I can easily see Batman winning this. So. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I say Top Gun because I have to make a choice and then the rest, you know, as long as maybe Elvis doesn't win in this category, I'll be fine.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
1: cause it's a strong, it's a strong group.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Great selections there.
1: Seth, what are, you, what are your, what are your picks?
3: <sighs> I think Top Gun should win and I, th- I, I think it will win, yeah. but I also could see all of them except for the Batman winning. Yeah. Which I, I don't. I really would have liked to see something like bones and all in here, like a mm. genre film. That was really kind of, I see that movie had good sound, whether you like it or not. It was, it, it made me feel some type cringy. of cringy. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. cringy for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, like the sound, sorry
3: that, yeah. yeah. the sounds were cringy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also I have a huge crush on Timothy Chalamet. So, I'm going to always pick something he's in. Same.
2: Everyone in this room same. has a I had it first. Charge.
3: I'm just saying. I'm
1: just <laughs> Ever since Lady Bird, my heart. <laughs> Were you heart at, at the same Call Me By Your Name premiere? Like, <laughs> Ever <laughs> since I Probably. saw
0: his hands on that uh, Xbox <laughs> mod on that YouTube channel 15 years
3: ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Call Me By Your Name is why I went to film school.
1: Okay. Wow. Well, Very cool. Well,
3: there you go. So, Timothy Chalamet, you owe something. Yeah. I think that
1: was the year we started doing podcasts because it was is the it... get out versus. Call me by your name. That's year, right. So. 2017. Yeah. 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 It's a good it's year.
2: It's better to have him be your reason than Army Hammer. That's
1: true. Yeah. Who yeah. should have been in Call Me by Your Name since he is a cannibal, right? Yeah. In, or, in, or in Bones and All. all. In Bones and yeah. All. That was oh, the sorry. funniest.
3: That came out at the. That news article about the Bones and All casting came out at the same time
1: <laughs> it's that the like,
3: Army Hammer stuff is going on. It was incredible Yikes. timing.
1: It just feels. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's it's wild. Another podcast. I went there and I immediately regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to say it.
0: Someone had to say it. Brandy, how about you? Best sound?
2: I, I sort of feel like this is the category that I wanted cinematography to be. I mean, something that was yeah. really yep. competitive of really great films of all different kinds, you know, going head to head and battling it out in, in this category. I want to say... Should win the Batman just because I want the Batman to get something. One Oscar. <laughs> Please. Yes. Um, I, I I think that it's likely to be Top Gun Maverick. I do think that there is a possibility where we're going to see a kind of like a two-hander for the Oscars where you're going to see like everything everywhere all at once, clean up all the big categories and all quiet sort of come along and all pick the techs, up yeah. all yeah. the techs and all those kinds of categories. So I yeah. think that there's a possibility if we see that that this will probably go in the all quiet bucket,
3: which is okay. crazy. Cause if you would have asked me like a month or two ago, I would have said Top Gun's going to sweep all the texts. Yep. Same,
0: same. That said, I am picking Top Gun for Will Win. I, I, but I, again, having not seen all quiet on the Western front and seeing how it's performing at these other award shows, Brandy, I think that's very, very, Likely outcome for the mm-hmm. evening. Sure. Honestly, um, that said, if I'm removing that movie from my selection, I think will win be Top Gun Maverick. I think should win Avatar because you know I got to pick Avatar for something. Should have been there. Another movie I didn't love, but man, there was so much I loved about it. Babylon. Yeah, Babylon should have been there. Um, I would have swapped Elvis for Babylon in a heartbeat. No offense, Elvis didn't <laughs> sound
1: bad. I rewatched Babylon. I don't have as strong of disdain for it as I did when I, we saw it the first time.
0: I'm going to see it. Lauren hasn't watched it yet, and I will watch it a second time because it is now on Paramount+. Plus. It played mm-hmm.
1: a lot better at home than Good. it did in the theater, and maybe my tempered expectations made it a lot better. I still think this first 75 minutes of that it's movie is just incredible. incredible. I loved
3: it for two acts.
1: Really? Yeah. Dude. I just, as soon as, well, that's, again, another podcast. As soon as the talkie, after the little, the sound is introduced. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh sequence that, that happened. sequence was so good. After that, I just got bored. Mine it, was Toby Maguire coming in. And then it and then it the last act. Yeah. So but, me, you it, guys it,
2: are selling it right now better than any of the trailers
1: did for me cuz <laughs> I have
2: not seen it because I was like yeah. I literally was at that point I was like I another 3 hour movie about something I don't care about. Can you please stop?
1: I mean the first uh, feature that's contained cuz there's like two features featured in it. So like Correct. the first feature film that's in the first 75 minutes of it. Is like just like bananas, crazy balls of the wall, just like Wolf of
0: I, Wall Street meets like, La La Land. Yes,
1: let's go, let's go, let's go! And then it just it for me, the energy just gets sucked out of it for like an hour. Yeah, and then I'm like yeah. waiting for something to happen. I'm like, what? Why did? Why did? Why did this get boring all of a sudden? How do we not keep the momentum going?
2: So it was like and, the first half of Tar.
3: <laughs> well, the ending someone, happens someone in Babylon, saying. and you don't fucking care anymore.
0: The ending yeah. happens, and it's like. Yeah. You, you meander around for an hour where you're like, wait, I, w- what are we even talking about anymore? And the yeah. movie's like, no, 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 this is what we were talking about. But I was like, we were?
1: I were, but okay. I, I, I was out I, I, for <laughs> okay. an hour. I checked out. I was like making um, my grocery list. So, it is like uh, – like I would say the best comparison I
0: can come up with is it's like you – know, much like something that you would expect to see in this movie. It's like being fired – like a human being being fired out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah. And 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 at light speed, they're launching. They're going as fast as yeah. and hard as imaginable. And you're like – how are they gonna keep this momentum up for three hours? No, they and don't. they don't.
1: They don't. You crash and burn. And that was my that was my concern. Okay. But it did it didn't bother me as much on the second viewing. There's a lot more appreciated. I do think, you know, we'll get into it later, but like production, production design, score, even cinematography are things for that film that I can see why that's there's here. another
0: reality where i think uh babylon cleans up the technicals even yeah. if it doesn't win like a lot of the abo- yeah. I quotes above the line i think yeah. it's 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 strange to me that it got pushed out uh maybe if, maybe if elvis wasn't the running babylon would have taken that spot in a lot of these categories i think right. all right well let's move on to oh a fun one Best original song. I'm actually really excited about this category. <laughs> and you never are. I know. You I hate this so cat- exc- Not I hate I know, it, but I, it's like the way I, you're always. I, not I usually am like, I'm like, I, I like one song. The rest of these suck. Uh, you know, th- <laughs> this year, I am so excited. Uh, so the nominees are: applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever not to not to from rrr and this is the life from everything everywhere all at once i have not seen uh i need to go all half the youtube applause from tell like a woman have it
1: she's listen she got her honorary oscar at this point it's like just right if she's in it she's the meryl streep of getting nominated she's gonna get a nomination right. what is applause <laughs> who saw
0: applause it, who saw this movie tell like a woman right that was that's the one i haven't seen but these other four i've seen all these and they're all great uh with that said brandy which – what are your picks for this category? <laughs> well,
2: I have to say that since the song has been going through my head since I reviewed the the lineup of uh, the agenda for this podcast today, I'm going to have to go with hold my hand. <laughs> I cannot get that song out of my head. It's been playing, and the, mm-hmm. the DJ in my brain is just playing it over and over again. So I think that um, – I think it will win. I think it should win. Um I think that the that it's a, a pretty incredible uh, song and it's a it's a classic Gaga mm-hmm. treatment and so and I kind of love her.
0: Yeah. I was man I'm telling you on paper I was like god this is going to be such a terrible song but you watch it and you're like damn, damn it, it it makes me feel things Yeah. it just it yeah. works it's a great choice. And it's it a great works choice. and
2: it works well on its own too yes. I mm. think. I think that's where um, a lot of the the Diane Warren sort of situations are is that um, at this point, I think this will be like her 14th nomination. She's never won. But I think that she writes these songs that work very specifically for these films. Yeah. Last year she got nominated for a song and it, the best part was that Reba McIntyre got to perform at the Oscars because <laughs> exactly. I adore Reba. But like literally nobody saw that movie and the song was very specific to the movie. Mm-mm. And I think that's what you run into with these. I think that Hold My Hand, not just it works extremely well within the context of the movie. But then I also think it works very well on its own. And since yeah, Gaga yeah. sort of played a, a role with the score as well, it, it fits very well sonically into the film.
4: So.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Great choice. Seth? I think that Natu Natu is going to win. But I think that Hold My Hand should win. I think Lift Me Up could also win as a dark horse. However, I thought that song was terrible. I too.
1: to I, I love Rihanna. I, me too. I've been waiting no. for
3: seven damn years for a new album. Like, and lift, you give me this put shit. Put it down.
1: Put it down. Don't lift it up. To, yeah. But in the movie, there. it works. I
3: yeah. think that's why I liked
1: it. Because exactly. the movie, it hit. In the movie, it, works. it was. Yeah.
0: It was one of the... It was like... I didn't really like that movie very much, but it was one of the things about the movie that really worked for yeah, me. Yeah,
3: I agree. I also think that none of these songs should win, and "New Body Rumba" by LCD Sound System from White Noise should win. That was should've
0: also won. my "Should Have Been Here." Was uh, the LCD Sound System "New Body Rumba"?
1: That's like in my. That's an earworm. It's yeah. literally been in, after I saw that movie, and I didn't love that movie, but I love the end credits, and I love incredible. that song, and I love you the know,
3: sweatshirt so. that Netflix gave us.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, it was the best swag
0: I've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh, also fun fact, won't use names, but I have a friend at Netflix when I, I, I posted on Instagram and she worked on the movie and she said, Wait, you got one of those? We didn't even get one of those. I was like, Oh <laughs>
3: man, I'm holding on to this it's, very closely. My cool. dog Another tore thing. it up. And <gasps> no! I looked online to get a new one. I found one for a hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: my thirteen year old stole me.
3: No.
0: Or twelve year
2: old, excuse so me. My twelve year old is currently wearing it, probably right now. Well, this is like getting her favorite warm.
0: sweatshirt. It's like a, it's like a blanket, you know? Yeah, she loves it. Ron Chavin,
1: what are your picks? Yeah, so I, I think that Not Too, Not Too is going to win here. It's been sweep. It's been winning all the all the guild awards, and he's been giving all the speeches. And I love that movie, and I love that that musical sequence. But if I'm objectively just looking at the songs, like what am I more likely to listen to? You know what I mean? Like Not Too, Not Too is a fun moment in that movie. But the song itself, is it means it translates as dance dance. It's very basic, you know. Um, so I just think that Hold My Hand is is just definitively the best written and performed song, you know, in this category. So I do hope that that edges it out. But I do think the love so far in the, the second half of the Oscar season has gone to not to not to. So if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say not to not to. But my heart wants it to be Lady Gaga. Hold my hand.
0: Okay. All right. So, so Laurent, uh, I don't even think I know you anymore. I mean, I thought
1: we were on the same page here. Natu
0: uh, Natu. Okay. So, okay. Here's the reality. It doesn't work for Americans out of context. That's So fair. apparently my understanding um, is in India, this Natu Natu is like a thing. So when they do it in the movie, it's like in India, it was like one of the biggest crowd cheering moments because it's like a thing, a cultural thing, right? doesn't mean anything to us at this table. Um, however, I would argue that it's all about the context. Uh, RRR sure. was my number three movie of last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, my biggest, I didn't mention this at the top – the thing that I was most disappointed to see was that this movie was pretty much shut out except for this category. So, yeah. Will Win RRR should win but RRR. But it's it's their
1: fault. They didn't they didn't they didn't put it in the category for international film. They didn't even So that's they dropped, they shit the bed there. You know, like it should be nominated for best international film. It should be nominated
0: for a lot of things. Yeah. Um,
3: okay, you guys need to sell me on this cuz I saw like a Netflix dub trailer and I was like
1: no fucking way in my watching I'm Netflix. telling you Dude, it is- I'm going to the Another podcast. <laughs> it's, 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 we are never
2: to, you, leaving this room. <laughs> I'm telling you, get
1: to get. I mean, like, do, watch it during the afternoon because I literally it is, it is three hours. It's three hours and it's intimidating, but I promise you, it, it goes flies. by lies. Like, like I mean, and I and I'll tell you, my husband is very um, like he doesn't watch foreign movies. Like he loved Parasite. That's the exception, but like in general, or Pans Labyrinth, like the good ones. But in general, if it has people talking, I mean. he's not I'm not doing it you know like so we put that on in the middle of the afternoon and we were just captivated. It's just energetic. It's funny. It's fast-paced. It's just It's visually spectacular. It's just a really good time. I'm glad they're actually bringing it to the theaters. I saw that they're doing that. Yes. Um, Again.
2: And everything else was three hours
0: this year, so why
2: not?
1: And I'm saying it's the one that doesn't feel like it's it. It's the one that doesn't feel like
0: it. It's the three-hour movie that I, I feel like is totally warranted, and it it, it actually justifies the runtime. It's a fun time. It moves at a really brisk pace. And I will say it's one of those things where Maybe it's because I'm so fatigued with us getting a certain type of blockbuster. It's probably why I like Top Gun and Avatar so much, even though they're different. They're still blockbusters. They're very different. It's not a superhero blockbuster, but the characters in the movie are very superhero-like, but it's just the, the the story is so it's a big spectacle yeah. piece that doesn't feel anything like an American blockbuster you get that also digested. has the budget and it has the humor and the silliness but also has this sincerity to it that's really warm. Anyway, I love the movie. Let's move on to best original score. Uh number 1 we have All Quiet on the Western Front. Number 2 we have Babylon. Number 3 The Banshees of Inisherin. Did I get it right that time? Uh oh, I got a thumbs up. From Bam, okay, Uh, Everything Everywhere Wants, number four, and number five, The Fablemans. Seth, what are your picks here?
3: Okay, so I'm really happy that Everything Everywhere is on here, because I really liked that score. I also would have liked to see Bones and all on here. Mm. Yeah. But um, I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan. Anyways, Mm -hmm. uh, Babylon. Babylon should win, and it will win. I think so. I don't think there's any competition unless All Quiet comes out of nowhere again, but I just don't see that happening. I think uh, Justin Hurwitz, I mean, he wins every time, doesn't he? I
0: think he's won every time he's been nominated.
3: I mean, he was nominated for first man and that got nothing. So uh, (laughs) now I think he's going to win. It's an amazing
0: score. It's, it's definitely one of the like probably three core things that I think really stick out to people about the film. Yeah.
1: LaRon Chapman. It's difficult. I think that, yeah, it's definitely between Babylon and, In all quiet here. But my, the thing is I love them both for different reasons. Like, all quiet like a- affects me emotionally like it's very foreboding and dark and every time it like those those that bass comes in I'm just like sucked into like the dread of what's happening um and then Babylon is so like like fun it's just like you want to dance so it's like it makes me feel good so one makes me want to make one makes me like want to cry and one makes me want to dance so it's just like what mood am I in so <laughs> Um, I can see Babylon taking this. So I'll just go. I'll go ahead and just to, to make a decision. I'll say Babylon um, will win this. But if anything, you know, takes it from underneath that, it's going to be all quiet. All right. Bam. What as, are your picks here? As
2: the resident not having seen Babylon person, I I'm I, my picks are a lot different. I think that this is going to come down to everything everywhere all at once or Banshees of Inishirin And I think if you see Banshees getting a consolation prize, I think. The Carter Burrell score is so good. It is good. That you're going to see that be their consolation prize. So I think there's a possibility that will win. I think everything everywhere should win. I don't think you can rule out John Williams winning on his after he's turned 90. He's 91 (sighs) years old.
0: And he's only got like what three scores left that are yet to be released. I I don't
2: think that you can rule out them giving him a platform to be. That's true. I didn't consider that. And I don't think that. It's not a, I don't want to say it's a terrible score by any means. No, it's, it's certainly not it's his nice. strongest work. It's not, that's not what we're judging on, basically. I don't think it's the strongest in the category, but I think that his popularity and just how beloved he is at 91 still doing it, I don't think you can rule it out. And if he's mostly going to be doing things that we don't know if they're going to be uh, released in theaters or streaming after this, then I think they'll, they may take the opportunity to laud him. But I think that um, you might see Banshees getting kind of a consolation prize here.
0: I agree with everything you said about John Williams. Replace it next year. Indiana Jones five. I think, I think mm-hmm. that I, that's his mm. swan song. It's an iconic score. Mm. Yeah, I think that they will. Were... looks bad. <laughs> Whoa, bro. That movie. Look, don't even mess with me. I got tears because of the John Williams score <laughs> no. in the trailer. <laughs> Whoa. But, um, but I, so I, I think you're correct. I think that will happen for him, whether it's this year or next year.
2: But I think he's 91. You can't count on him making it, being there yeah. next That's year. A point. I That's mean, a not to point. be morbid. I feel like I'm bringing in a certain level. Well, of... Well, this
1: the year seems like the year to spread the love to the legends who have never gotten recognition or acknowledgement, and so maybe, John Williams, maybe. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, well. I think I think that's a really good point though.
1: I I hadn't considered
0: that at all and people do love John Williams. I mean, he is I mean, he's won more Oscars than anyone in history I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, definitely I, nominated uh, more than anyone I, else. And
2: I think he's arguably at this point I think you would have to say that he's probably the definitive film composer of the 20th and early 21st oh. century. I oh, mean, yeah. I think you have to kind of consider that. I mean, n- pick a Franchise that everybody loves that everybody knows. I mean, it's almost always going to be his score. So, mm-hmm.
0: yep, that's true. It's true. I think it's going to go. I think both will and should wins Babylon. I, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible score. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's got a good earworm once you've heard it once or twice. It's uh, loud and blaring. And it's loud and blaring, but also catchy at the same time. Um, I, I really like it. Uh, other than the one caveat to that is. It does seem like it reuses – like like the main stuff you've heard in the trailers and stuff, that's amazing. During the movie, there are bits that definitely sound like they're lifted directly from the La La Land score, which I find <laughs> kind of strange. Um, it's like they did a dark spin on like the, like literally the same themes. Which I is feel kind of like weird. the
1: movie is the antithesis of La La Land. It's it, the other it, side of it, the story. Yeah, but, <laughs>
0: so the, but the main stuff that people are hearing, sure. again, especially if you've I've only seen the trailer, you've still heard some of the score, which, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Should have been there. Michael Giacchino, the Batman. I mean, come on. Okay. How many versions of the Batman score have we heard already? One of them being Danny Elfman's legendary 1989 score. And for Michael Giacchino to show up and do a new Batman score that feels so original and fresh and and unique while also still sounding definitively like the Batman. I mean, come on. Yeah. I was so disappointed not to see it nominated here. Yeah. I agree. With that said, let's move on to our next category, Best Film Editing. And the nominees are The Banshees of An number one, number two, Elvis, number three, Everything Everywhere All at Once, number four, Tar, number five, Top Gun Maverick. Well, Ron Chapman, I'll start with you on this one.
1: Listen, if your movie's over three hours, you shouldn't be in this category. But no, (laughs) I know they mean how well they use the editing and how, it, you know. But I just feel like everything, everywhere, all at once utilizes editing in a very specific and unique way. And to cut between as many universes as they do, you know what I mean? It's very much an integral part of the story. So it, it feels like a necessary Aspect of this film success. So I would give it to this as my personal choice. And then also what I think will, will win in this category, a nice one that I would have liked to have seen here, which a smaller film would have been um, like after sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Just because of how editing seems to be the, the actual catalyst for the story in that and how it employs editing in a different way to reveal things would have been nice to see just as a nom, but you know, we got, Paul Mascal and we'll get into it later with actors, you know, but, so, but everything, everywhere, at wants in this category for sure. Seems like the strongest one and the most deserving one.
0: All right. Brandy.
2: I, uh, I think, I, I think everything, everywhere, all at once should win. I think it will win. I think if you see maybe a consolation prize besides some people claiming that it saved cinema, um, going to Top Gun Maverick, you might see it in this category, um, because i do think that the editing was a pretty integral part of making a lot of those effects work and and things like that so i think that you could definitely art make an argument for for top gun maverick here but i think i think everything everywhere all at once you just don't see that many films where the it is so obvious how integral the editing was to making it yeah the film that it was so i mean i think that we all know that Editing is important, but I don't think that you necessarily always sort of see it on the screen in front of you. So I, I definitely think it should move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good selections there. Uh,
3: Seth, what about what are your picks here? OK, so film editing, this and documentary category every year at the Oscars are the most baffling ones to me. They're, they always make the most consistently always make the most mistakes. So I want to say that everything everywhere will win. But uh, what was that stupid queen movie? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. A movie rhapsody when that was, oh. I almost turned yeah. off the Oscars and never yeah. watched it again. And
0: so, so my fiance does like she, she her full time job is film ed- or an editor. She mm-hmm. writes, she edits for for corporate stuff, and she could not believe that movie won best editing. She was like she almost like vomited. She's like, oh. what the heck? It was the thing on?
1: that I, I don't even hate that movie. I don't l- love it. I have a, have a lot of issues with it, but I will say like the one thing I noticed when I watched it. Was that God? The editing, this is shit. And yeah. then, like, and then that's what it won for, and was nominated for. So it was just like it just seemed very egregious that year. That was a weird
3: year for sure.
1: I don't understand it,
3: but um, I think for me, I, it's hard for me to like commit to everything, everywhere winning all of these awards because, like, I mean, La La Land, like, it was got what fourteen nominations. It tied with All About Eve, and it didn't. It won six or seven of them, I think. So I, I want to say everything, everywhere, but I kind of want to go with Top Gun also.
1: All
0: right. I'm going to throw a wild card at you guys. Well, firstly, I agree. Everything, everywhere, all once should win definitively. No argument for me. I I think that, again, editing the multiverse, the multiple, not just one, not two, like like five storylines and keeping it all straight in a way that the audience can follow. Pretty damn impressive. I think the audience is going to be swept away by Elvis. Oh my I God. think, and and yes, that is three hours long. And you're totally right. You're valid, but I think they're going to be like, but the way they court, he did the montages because <laughs> it's so it's because it's so flashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's my guess. I I so I am actually predicting Elvis will win, should win absolutely everything ever at once. Um, with a very close second with Top Gun Maverick. I thought again was also exceptionally well edited.
3: Um, but, I could see you being right because this category always pisses me off. So yeah, <laughs> that, if you want to find
1: a way to piss me off, give it to. Elvis. Oh, okay.
0: and then I would reiterate, I will be pissed off if it yeah. wins, but it. I just, I just, people they always go for flashy stuff and categories like editing. And it I would have given
3: me. them an Oscar if they would have edited out Tom Hanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow, we love Tom, but I do, no, yeah. I what just couldn't weird... buy into that performance. And I know I don't. It just felt divorced from everything else that was happening in that movie. Everybody else was like Austin Butler's giving you this incredible, like. Layered, nuanced, complicated character, and I'm like, where are you, Tom? He what? was in a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. It's so I said, and with this weird Austrian yeah. accent. Guys,
2: I, 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 I think I went with that more than you guys did because it's <laughs> it's a Baz Luhrmann production. It's part of the the as I like to call it the Baz Pazaz. Yes, <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's all true. The, I guess
1: it was like the Jim mean, Broadbent of the of the uh, Moulin Rouge, the right. really like it's, hammy yeah. performance. Well, I guess, because I
2: think as much as I appreciated the performance. There's a level of hamminess to Austin. I mean, he's not... I mean, he's playing Elvis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not like... It's not like he's not wearing a pink suit and gyrating here. I mean, guys, I mean, so it's not... Is not like Shakespeare. There's some camp there, yeah. So, not that Shakespeare didn't have a ton of camp in it, but um,
0: <laughs> you know, if the other awards ceremonies are to be believed, I think Austin Butler also thinks he is Elvis now. I, right? so
1: yeah, he's like, I got it. I'm gonna quit the Elvis voice. It's your own real voice. It's like <laughs> you can't quit your real voice. Yeah, but you can bizarre. if
2: you're a good enough actor, Laron. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: Fair. Uh, well, uh, best editing. Surefire category to most. Li- we should probably read this most likely to make us all very upset. That that's the, the editing <laughs> category. Let's move on to our eighth category. Best costume design. Uh, the first selection, Babylon. Number two, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Number three, Elvis. Number four, everything everywhere all at once. And number five, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I did not see the last one. Just want to throw that out there. Um, brand new. What are your picks for this one? Are you starting with me because I'm a woman?
3: No, I'm because just I'm, just with I'm just kidding. What are you wearing tonight, Brandy? just joking. <laughs> She's got an incredible, uh, an incredible shirt. A s-
2: uh, long sleeve t-shirt.
3: This is yeah, his consolation come. prize to you since he's not going to mm. let you start best director. Oh, oh so mean. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Caleb is, is um, a lot more progressive than the Academy. <laughs> I will say that. Um, best costume design. I actually think this is a pretty interesting cate- category because I think, um, again, I think it's a category where you may see some of those consolation prizes, I'm a big Katherine Martin fan. So I, I think that you could definitely see of like, mm-hmm. oh, we've got to give Elvis something. You might see, you know, oh, we can't give everything everywhere all at once. Everything. Yeah. You might see um, Catherine Martin. Um, she's fantastic and I love her to death and she's very beloved in the industry. I also think Ruth Carter is very beloved in the industry. And I think if you're kind of leaning toward giving, you know, Black Panther something, you might, you yeah. know lean lean that way. I really think that everything everywhere all at once, as much as I feel like we're we just keep calling their name. I mean, just the yeah. costuming of that is
0: incredible.
1: The hot dog, dog fingers, mean,
0: come on. I, I think hot people hot forget
1: body. that they, they think of it like they think of it as just like the that one aspect of it, you know, with the Jamie Lee Curtis in the building, but you forget about every other universe. There's a new like aesthetic for each one like there's a lot of design there you know like so i don't know
2: well and i think that every one of stephanie's sort of bad villain costumes are just like like iconic immediately Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. oh i like every time i watch that movie it's like i like them each one's like better than the last one Mm -hmm. so it's like oh here she is in her villain costume it's like oh it's so cool it's so flashy it's so this it's Mm -hmm. so that it's so sparkly and it's like oh that one was even better Mm -hmm. and so i just think that um it's It's just an incredible job.
3: They get so much Um, use out of color and all that stuff, especially the one where Michelle goes in all red. That's one of my favorites. That's
2: fantastic. So I think that you, you, I mean, I think that um, if you do, if you just base it on who should get it, it should be everything everywhere all at once. But if it feels like they're calling their name a little bit too much, I think you could easily see either Elvis or Black Panther jumping in here.
0: Black Panther. That'd be cool. Marvel movie. I would take that. Uh, Seth,
3: an
2: exceptionally well
0: costumed.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I I think everything everywhere should win. I don't think it will. Um, I was just glad it got nominated because when you look at like some of the precursors, it was not getting listed. And mm-hmm. the costumes is one of my favorite parts about the movie. Um, I think that it's going to be Elvis for Black Panther, but I really also would like to see Babylon come in there.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I think
0: Babylon's a good dark horse. Lauren Chapman, what do you pick here?
1: I feel like Elvis is going to take this one. And this is the one category where I like I won't. I, that's fine. It makes sense. There's there was a lot of flashiness there. There was a lot of costume wardrobe changes and he looked nice, you know, so and as did the supporting characters. So I wouldn't be mad here. Um, so that's the one I have here as the one I think is likely to win here. Um, but I do think that um, the only reason I don't say Black Panther, even though it's it's very flashy and clearly. You know, it's just that she just won for Black Panther. You know, like this would be, you know, the same the same movie, the same franchise essentially. So I don't see them giving it to her twice. But, you know, um otherwise I would say if she hadn't won for Black Panther, um, the first the first iteration, then I would say that this would probably be that category. But I'm gonna go with Elvis here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I second that I'm also picking Elvis. I think it's got a really strong outing here. And, and like, to your point, I think that is one of the elements of the film that I can unequivocally say was pretty good, uh, pretty standout. Uh, but again, not to echo, not to be too repetitive, but I agree with all of you, everything, everywhere at once. I think there was so much nuance and attention to detail through all of the multiverses, uh, that it, it should, should win. Should have been here. I know it's ironic. It's the movie, the only movie last year that featured two grown men fighting bare naked on an active volcano. But The Northman also had some pretty incredible costuming, <laughs> and I have to say. And, yeah, and yeah. cinematography. And cinematography. I did mention that one, yeah. And uh, I would have loved to have seen, again, that was never going to be a movie that was going to get any of the, again, air quotes, above the line awards. But seeing it in costume or cinematography or production design, I really would have liked to have seen it show up in this category. Again, having not seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, You know No one else did Don't worry
1: Like yeah The (laughs) Northmen. Come on Even I didn't see it (laughs) And Ron sees everything I see everything He sees more than me (laughs) It's true
0: All right, let's move on to Number nine Best international feature The nominees here are All quiet on the western front Number one Number two Argentina 1985 Number three Close Number four EO And number five The quiet girl
3: Seth Who will win Who should win There's This is the easiest word to predict. I feel Mm -hmm. like All quiet's nominated for Best Picture. It's going to win this. Uh, Although, there were two movies that had donkeys in them that made me cry this year. And (laughs) I would love it to see EO win. But Mm. it's All Quiet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No no doubt. Brandy?
2: I have not seen EO or The Quiet Girl. And I feel like those are the two that I probably, of the films I haven't seen are the films I most want to see, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, But I do feel like All Quiet is... It's going to take it. I feel like it's just it's a no-brainer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ron, I did
2: love the film.
1: Ron, would you agree? I would agree. I think All Quiet should and will win in this category. I am very shocked to not see Decision to Leave in this category. Yeah,
0: that was the other one that was missing.
1: Um, Pretty glaring oversight there. It seemed like the front-runner to win in this category. The filmmaker is very beloved. Um, but And the movie did very well. but. It didn't wind up making this list, but that that then of course gives all of the momentum. I feel like to all quiet on the Western Front. I have seen three of these movies, no four of these movies, um, and I like the Quiet Girl quite a bit. Um, but it is such a, it's just such a small, tiny little movie, and that's that appeals to me wholeheartedly. Um, but I just don't see that like cutting through the noise EO I loved. And it was just, it was just such a strange eccentric movie that I don't think will appeal to everyone. But I loved, personally loved it. Um, Oh no, I lied. I've only seen three of these because I haven't seen close yet. It comes out this weekend, but I will see it this weekend and tell you if it's worth being here. But, um, but I'm very curious to see that, but all quiet just seems like the front runner by and large here. So,
0: well, I mean, I think Seth said it well, if it, it's the only one that's nominated for best picture, I mean, and, and I don't you know, if it was the first time that it happened, I would say, well, don't draw any conclusions. But this has happened several times before. If it makes the Best Picture nomination, it's almost certainly going to win Best International Feature. So I think All Quiet in the Western Front has it guaranteed. EO would be my pick. I think it's great. I've only seen – that's the only one of these I've seen because should have been here, decision to leave. RRR again, Laron, I guess you're right. It's 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 India's fault we didn't get RRR, but yeah. you know, I that that would have been my number 1, uh hands down.
2: It is one of the more baffling decisions I think of just not submitting. They just like, didn't they submit just it. didn't submit it. And I'm like, "Because why?" Be right.
0: It ha- they had so much like people in general love that movie. It just seems like such a weird omission. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't think it would Be fare big well. Of a I don't know. I
2: don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, with that said, let's move on to our 10th category today, which is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Number one, we have All Quiet on the Western Front. We have number two, The Batman, getting nominees for that penguin uh, makeup. Uh, Number three, Black Panther, Panther, Wakanda Forever. Number four, Elvis. And number five, The Whale, The the Whale making its first appearance of the evening. (laughs) Seth, what is your pick on this one?
3: So like if I looked at, I looked at gold Derby earlier and Elvis was at the top, which baffles me Yeah, the Tom Hanks makeup, right? <laughs> I guess, but you have the Batman in the whale. Now I am not a huge fan of the whale, but I think it should win makeup I, or the Batman. Cause I, I, I love Colin Farrell and I could not tell that was him. It was so good. But I, I, I think I, I'm a, it's a toss up for me between those two on what I think should win, but I think the whale might have an advantage.
0: All right. I mean, I, I think that's, that's one of those where the whale hasn't – I mean, it does get a couple of other nominations, but did not get as much love uh, at the Academy Awards as you would think. And uh, that is one of the kind of more air quotes flashy or standout elements of the film. So mm-hmm. I think there's a good argument to be made there. Uh, Bam, what did you think?
2: I think I would love to see the Batman win, um, but I think the whale will
0: win.
1: Leron? Um I think Elvis will win here. Um and I really hope I actually prefer it to be the whale because it's one of the aspects of that problematic movie that I do like is the the makeup and the performances are the two things I think work. Um But, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see the Batman. I agree with you about Colin Farrell. Like I knew it was Colin Farrell and I'm watching him and I'm still saying to myself, but where is he? I don't see him. And that's pretty that's pretty remarkable. You know what I mean? So, um even in real time, having the conversation with myself, like, he's not there. You know what I mean? And that's that's pretty great.
3: He had such a good year.
1: So I think it's what he did. He had the Batman. He had, what was the underwater movie? Um, 13 minutes or 13 something? 13 I don't lives. Know, 13, 13 lives. lives yeah. 13 minutes. And after Yang. After Yang. After Yang. Uh, the Banshees. this is
0: the best year I mean and Colin Farrell is an actor who has had An incredible career so far in This general. is probably the best Year of his career in terms yeah. of but like he's just Doing so many things and a, a, quite a variety Of things
1: for very solid things um, I would like to see the whale win here But I, I just feel like there's more love For Elvis from In general than there is for the whale And so I could I could see it Winning in this category um, But I won't be surprised If the whale wins that would be my personal choice
0: I think Elvis is going to win. I think I agree, LeBron. I think that, you know, again, it's just one of those things where I think Elvis is going to come in with a lot of these technical or kind of air quotes below the line awards. uh, And I'm going to be disappointed at almost all of them. Uh, And I think, yeah, best makeup and hairstyle is one of them should win. Absolutely. I agree. I think the Batman should get it. Colin Farrell is incredible in the movie. Unrecognizable. not going to reiterate too much of what you all said. Should have been here. Uh, A little lesser known movie. 3,000 Years of Longing, I thought the makeup in that movie was outstanding. That's a movie almost nobody saw. We finally got the George Miller follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road, and literally, like, (laughs) five people saw it.
1: (laughs) He took too long. He
3: did
0: take
1: too long. He took way too long. But, man. Where's Furiosa? It was so good.
0: Well, well, that's coming in. Two years. Okay. That's too long. It's still I know. I know. <laughs> uh Let's move on to number 11, best production design. So we have number one, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two, Avatar, The Way of Water. Number three, Babylon. Number four, Elvis. And number five, The Fablemans. Bam, I'll start with you on this one. Um,
2: This one I think is one of, for me, it feels like one of the easier categories to predict because I think Elvis will win and I feel like Elvis should win. Because I think the production production design – and again, grading on the curve that I'm a huge Catherine Martin fan. um, I I do think that the production uh, production design of that film is one of the standout elements of the film. And so I feel like that is um, a film that I think people are going to want to give love to. And I think that's definitely an area in which it uh, deserves a little love.
0: It's pretty impressive. I mean, the production design on that film. Not my favorite, but I do think it is. I agree. It's one of the stronger
1: elements uh, of the film. Um, Laurent,
0: what are your picks here?
1: I actually think this is the one and only category that Babylon is going to take. Because um, if one thing I walked away with that movie, even the first go around that I didn't care for it, was that, well, the production design is damn good in that movie, especially – especially that first day when Manny's on the set and you have 45 movies happening at the same time. And that just that 30 minute sequence of how it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're just like, Whoa, how did they get all these extras? Where do they get all these elephants? Where do they get all this stuff that's happening? This, you know, so um, they got hundreds of extra. They they actually got hundreds
0: of extras to film like a scene. Like you would see in a silent film. Exactly.
1: And it just shows you the chaos of that time frame and how like, when you don't have to record sound, you can make it as extravagant as you want to because you you're don't not worried about it messing up, you know, the quality of it, you're just looking at visuals, you know. So um, they capture that really well. And that's the one aspect of it I think is is strong. And so it's my should and will win here. But I could see Elvis taking that. That wouldn't surprise me um, in this category.
3: All right, Seth? I would have liked to see... Everything everywhere pick up another nomination here. I do think, however, that Babylon should win and will win. I there's I don't think it should have any competition this year.
0: Yeah, I actually I'm going to agree here uh, with the will win. I think Babylon. This is probably other than best original score. I think this is the other award. I think it has the most. It's most likely to win. Um, and it is a strong production design. I mean, you've already you mentioned. I mean there's like three standout sequences. You already mentioned one in the beginning where they're doing this like it was like uh, the amount of work they take to get one shot mm-hmm. and, and you see like on one production that's happening right next to all these other productions.
1: And you get lost uh, in it. You're you get like,
0: lost of all the things going on. It's so impressive just visually and just conceptually, like they like they executed it so well. You have the the, the uh moment when they first introduce sound, mm-hmm. where, you know, <laughs> where they're they're filming what is it like to get one shot or one scene in a movie with sound for the with first time? With
1: no interruptions from sound. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's comedy. It's pure oh, comedy. Incredible. To, to watch how every take gets mm-hmm. blown by something.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and then the opening scene, the party sequence yeah. is is a thing, again, like Wolf of Wall Street meets La Land all in one On giant asset. party. Yeah, it's nuts. So much cocaine. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, should win. You guys are going to hate me. Avatar, The Way of Water. Big innovations here. I think uh, Pandora is as stunning as ever. The fact that they are able to get some of the most immaculately beautiful shots all done underwater is really, really, really impressive. And I know it doesn't fall in the traditional realm of production design because it's all done digitally. But there's actually more of this movie. They actually do have real sets that they build and people film on. And it's it is almost impossible to tell what – at times you know you're looking at things that are CG. But there's also moments where you're like – is this a set or is this CG? I'm not really sure. And the art direction is so strong, I don't care. It all works. So I was really impressed with the production design on that film. Uh, again, should have been there. The Batman. i not yeah. going to repeat myself too much, but just a stunning film.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's move on to Best Animated Feature.
2: See, this is the one I thought you and I were going to fight over until I realized you liked Tar so much. <laughs> so because I feel like this is the one that you and I could potentially like, okay, get out the – the Brass Knuckles.
0: On Best Animated Feature Film? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, okay. I, okay. Okay, I, I think I see, I might see where this is going. I see where it's, uh, yeah, okay. I know
2: where it's going okay. right
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Gilma del Toro's Pinocchio. Number two, Marcel the Shell with the Shoes On. Number three, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Number four, The Sea Beast. And number five, Turning Red. I just want to preface this before we like bring out the swords. <laughs> I actually really like every movie in this category I quite a lot. I do too. I love at least 3 of these movies. So, I agree. it's a really tough one to pick, right?
2: I agree. I don't think it's a tough one. To, it's not a tough one for me to pick. But I do agree. Um and I the reason why I sort of said that is because I am a big stop motion mm. nerd. I'm like the ultimate stop motion animation fan. And I liked Pinocchio a lot. I really loved it. Um that said, I forgot that stupid shell was not a real thing when I was watching Marcel the show. That was one of my top 3 favorite movies of the year. Awesome. I loved it. Too. I loved that film and just that is like a go-to movie for me now. It's like, oh, I feel sad, I'm just going to watch Marcel, you know? <laughs> It'll make me feel better. I mean, and it's literally I literally forgot that that little shell was not an actual like animated being and and my daughter, my 6-year-old actually walked through the first time I was like watching that movie at home. And she literally stopped, and she was like, "Is that show person real?"
4: <laughs>
2: and so I was like, "So I was totally captivated by it." I love stop motion. I love Pinocchio. I, I mean, I thought it was it was a great film. Marcel um,
0: also uses stop but, motion. Yeah,
2: and Marcel also uses stop motion. But that to me was just like one of the best films that I've seen in forever in terms of just like loving it. Mm-hmm. And so I I just can't. I can't give all my love to Pinocchio like I normally would in a stop-motion year. I It has to be Marcel. He should win. He's not going to. Guillermo is going to win with Pinocchio, but Marcel should win. And I will <laughs> fight anyone Since says he
0: should. <laughs> I won't fight you over it. Uh, it's not my pick, but I do think Marcel – It's a really sweet movie and I really like it. And you know what else is nice about it that we've already mentioned? It's
1: like 85 minutes long, which is amazing. It's one of the shortest films made this year.
2: (laughs) I love that about it.
0: It's even better. (laughs) All of it wrapped in like 85 minutes. Yeah. LeRon Chapman, what's your pick?
1: Uh, Will Win, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, I was just not swept up with Pinocchio the way that a lot of people were. And I'm very bummed about that because, like, I love. Guillermo Del Toro. I love stop motion, and I like Pinocchio. I just don't love it, and that's the thing is, um, you know. So it's one of those ones where I watched. I was like, it was fine, you know. And I don't know if it was the hype. I don't know if I saw it too late. I don't know what happened, but for whatever reason, it didn't sweep me up. It didn't move me the way I wanted it to. But I did admire the craft of it, you know. And as I always do with stop motion, and so I think. He probably deserves to win this category, too, for the craftsmanship, because I know it's a painstaking, you know, you know, an endeavor. Um, But if my heart goes with Marcel the Shell, because I just personally like the movie better, but... All right, yeah. that's totally fair,
0: guys. It's it's all right. It's all right. I'm I, I don't want to break any friendships on this podcast.
1: You know? Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm giving you Avatar. You're giving me Marcel. <laughs> I feel
2: like we're making compromises and being good people.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um,
3: I am inadequate to talk about this category. I watch. I went back and looked. I watched twelve animated movies last year, and only one of them is in this category. And it, I mean, it's Pinocchio, so it's going to win, and it should win, as far as I know. I wanted to see Marcel. I I don't know why I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. The freaking trailer made me cry. Yeah. It was only playing in theaters in OKC for like two weeks. mm -hmm. Like, it's like the first week, you're
0: like, oh, that movie's here. Second week, you're like, I hope I can catch it. Third week, you're like, oops, I missed it. Yeah. It's
3: gone. When we had to vote on, like, when it came to this category, I'm like, what the hell do I put? I'm like, because I'm like looking through my phone, I'm like, DC League of Super Pet. What the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) I I saw Puss
1: in Boots. (laughs) Admittedly, I saw Puss in Boots like, a week ago, so like, and I did like it quite. It a bit. It was actually
0: surprisingly, surprisingly way good. better yeah. than it should
1: have been. <laughs> you know,
2: well, and I really, I quite like Turning Red. I thought that was yeah great. I mean, oh, it was it's a incredible. Fantastic why did
1: turn everybody out? Is because it's about women's, women's oh, don't menstrual even cycles. Me. Yes, <sighs> I'm telling you, can't you, talk about those things. She said, not here. Women talking. Barely here. The Woman King, not here. What does the, all these movies have in common? They have women in the titles. And it's just a it And
2: women behind the camera and right. stories about women, which go. is a big turnoff yes. for...
1: apparently Academy voters uh, A surprising... A number of Academy movies. Yeah, I also think Strange World should have been here.
0: I... I don't like it more than the other nominees, but I do like that movie.
3: Well, I also haven't seen them.
0: Um, <laughs> there you I like know. the Seabees. C- <laughs> I was actually happy that the Seabees C-B- snuck no, in here. I think no. Beast is low-key... Like, one of the best movies, anime movies ever produced on Netflix. I,
1: I think so, too. And it's just strange. I'm happy that it got here, but I did not think – I was surprised that they called that over yeah. many other categories. Yeah.
0: I, I do think, uh, to your point, though so, – so my favorite one, actually, is, yeah, Guillermo I mean, – I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But Guillermo Toro's Pinocchio um, – I, I, I do love uh, Guillermo del Toro um, – you Know and I'm very tired of seeing us recycle the same stories over and over again, specifically the way Disney's utilized it. So to see another director say, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tell a Pinocchio story, but it's gonna be a fundamentally different take. And I'm all fascist for that. Italy and fascist Italy and have things to say, but also be I wouldn't say kid friendly, young adult friendly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My six year old saw it, she adored it. Did she? Oh,
2: okay, that's that good crazy. to hear. Of course, I think. Great on a curve of, like, the original Disney Pinocchio was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like – it made me cry when I was a little kid. So I'm like, okay. When she wanted to – she just begged to see it. She wanted to see it so badly. The imagery of it just really mm. – she just really wanted to see it. And I was like <laughs> – that's what I said to myself. I said, that can't scare her as much as the original, the original. Disney Pinocchio scared me. I mean, it literally made me wet my
3: pants. So. Well, and the new Disney one is terrifying in a different way. <laughs> yeah, there were two Pinocchios <laughs> that came CG out this was year. was so bad. We're one not is better than the other one. And we're
0: also, again, Tom Hanks, what the heck's going on oh, this year, man?
1: Um, but, you know, so man so, called Auto for the win.
0: He's I, trying some new things. He but, is. No, some, some of them <laughs> I didn't working it actually, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll say this. I, there's a little hint of person, and I won't get into it, but, you know, There was loss in my household experienced a couple of times last year, and I just happened to see the movie within that window. So, some of the themes about, you know, um, appreciating the people in their life for who they are Mm -hmm. um, while they're there really hit me deeply at the beginning and the end and then I think somewhere in the middle too. So so there's a little there's definitely some personal bias with what I brought to the movie that really I a movie I was already super excited for for a variety of reasons it hit ex, uh, extra hard for me. That said, I love turning red. I, I it is criminal criminal with a capital C that it was not in theaters. I am so mad about mm-hmm. it. In uh, Lightyear, which I also thought was fine, but Turning Red was a superior film. I love to see the sea beast in this category. Um, Puss in Boots was way better than it had any Right to be. And yeah, Marcel Lachelle was probably among the most innovative in this category for sure. And, and heartwarming. So all around very strong category. I don't think I would swap out any of these movies, but you know, if there was a sixth nominee, Phil Tippett's Mad God. I mean, come on. The story doesn't make sense. It doesn't need to. It's an experience. It's a vibes, (laughs) stop-motion movie. and I I did quite appreciate my time with Phil Tippett's Mad God.
2: And and what you're saying, it was a really strong year for animation. I mean, I think Wendell and Wilde could definitely have come in here, and I would not have been mad about it. So,
3: Yeah. What was – I can't remember. Apollo. Was it Apollo and one and, and, a oh and a half? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A Richard Linklater movie. Here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That movie didn't. And OK, listen, I will tell you, that movie didn't catch on. And mm-hmm. I know this because I didn't watch it and I love Richard Linklater, yeah. but it just like the, the the trailer looked interesting, but it didn't captivate me. And mm-hmm. it came out of a busy, I think, during the summer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And just
1: I've yet gone. to see it. but, but I've, I've heard fantastic things, though. Yeah. So
0: I've not heard,
4: seen
2: it either. Oh, man. Now we have things, we're leaving this with a list of things to watch.
0: watch. Let's move on to our next category best visual effects. Number one, we have All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two, we have Avatar The Way of Water. Number three, we have The Batman. Number four, we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And number five, we have Top Gun Maverick. Brandy, what do you pick for this category?
2: It's a little hard with this category since not having seen Avatar because I really feel like visual effects is probably the strength of that film. Um, but I do feel like this is a category where you're gonna see Top Gun win the day.
0: I think there's a strong likelihood there's an upset for Top Gun to win over Avatar, and I like
3: Avatar a lot, so I don't know seth what do you, what do you think? I think Avatar will and
1: should win, but I would not be upset about Top Gun- mm-hmm. LeBron? same um, I think it should and will win here. I will throw you a bone. It deserves this one um. But I would not be mad if mm-hmm. Top Gun won this category or Batman, honestly. Oh, I'd, be, Bat- I'd be happy with either one of those.
0: I would argue the Batman is the best use of the volume technology that we've seen on the big screen so far. Why? Because I didn't realize very large sections of that movie were filmed on the volume until way after the movie came out. And I was like, wait, that was done on the volume? Whereas most movies with the volume, <clears throat> man, uh, you can clearly tell if they that they were very lazy in how they used the technology. Yeah. Um, uh, no. Can will win I'm going to pick Avatar I do think there's a mm-hmm. Higher than 50% chance That uh, Top Gun Maverick Also sweeps this Just because of how well It deployed uh, practical effects And the fact that You know Tom Cruise is his own Special effect He learned how to fly mm-hmm. These jets In pretty impressive ways In a very short period of time I also want to call out Should have been here Jordan Peele's nope uh, His visual, his, effects, his were, visual yeah. effects In that movie Were were top notch I mean the, the, the house Raining blood that's all I'll say. Just very, very impressive overall. I
1: agree. Score leave. too. Score was good in that. T- you know, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: that movie got that movie deserved more love. I mean, I get shut out so clearly. At least in more the techs,
1: so you know what I mean. I, yeah. I get that it's the more divisive of the Peel movies, and I, I happen to love it a lot, but some people don't, and I get that. But on the tech levels, there were at least there were there were three or four nominations easily that could have been in these categories Mm -hmm. for sure and you know me i like
0: i I, and and i like the movie and it's 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 appreciated since i've seen it but uh that was not even in my top 15 i don't think or no uh well it definitely wasn't my top 10 and i still think it deserved some real appreciation here with that said, though, let's move on to Best Documentary Feature. Uh, this might be one of the categories I'm least equipped to talk about. Uh, number one, All <laughs> That Breathes. Number two, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Number three, Fire of Love. Number four, A House Made of Splinters. And number five, Nalvani. That's how I say. you say it right. Laurent Chavin what is your pick here?
1: You know, I have surprisingly seen four of these. I nice. have not seen A House Made of Splinters only because I don't think it's been made available for me to watch. Um, but all that breathes is on HBO. Um, I saw All Beauty on All Beauty and the Bloodshed, and that is my favorite to win in this category. Um, but if I'm going off of the guilds and what's been kind of been shown the most love all Oscar season, it's been Nivali. So I'm going to say that's probably the one to win in this category. Um, and I think it's a a fine film. I just, it's, it, it's not my favorite amongst the four that I watch. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: I haven't seen that one yet, so I, I'm curious. Liked Fire Love quite a bit too. I think that, that one's the one I feel like, in terms of the mainstream, that people have seen the most, probably because it's on Disney. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, what are your picks for this one? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I loved Goodnight Oppie and Bad Axe, and neither of them are here. Bad Axe fucked me up. Yeah. yeah. I, and it was so relevant, and I don't know.
2: I also like Goodnight Oppie a
3: lot. That was, I I cried. I was like, and I didn't, I didn't watch it on a big and I like watched it while I was getting ready in the morning. And then I like watched it on my way to work, which is not safe, but, um, it was good. It was really good. Mm. I think, I think Navalny going to win. I, I would like to see all the beauty and the bloodshed win. Yep.
2: Brandy. Um, I have to make my admissions here, but I watched goodnight, Hoppy. And then I didn't watch any of the rest of this category besides fire of love, love because I decided to watch fire of love. love. Three times. So um, <laughs> that, was, that was my yeah. favorite. Um, I was like, oh, my gosh, honey, you have to come watch this with me. Look at this. And then my 12-year-old was like, why are there volcanoes going off? And I'm like, you have to watch this movie.
4: And
3: so I
2: was like <laughs> just watching that one over and over again. So obviously that was my favorite. I would. It was in my top 15 for the year. I would love to see that one win. It's great. I, I'm i going to say that I, I I'm kind of picking an upset here. Because it was the one that was really strong during the festival season. I think maybe you're going to see it kind of rotate back around to the top. Um, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed was the one that was winning everything during the festival season. So I think it might have enough momentum to kind of resurface in time for the Oscars.
1: I would love to say that it's a very relevant movie. It's a very like art as activism. It's a very fascinating exploration of the 80s and the AIDS epidemic. And just that that, this dark underground art scene that – You know, of um, very kind of disenfranchised artists and people um, and the way that art can actually motivate legislation, legislative change. And that's what I thought was very kind of fascinating about it and how. How much the activism of the main artist in this actually accomplished getting Law's ass because of her work, well, her tie- performative art.
0: Well, And tying it to things like the uh, opioid epidemic and things mm-hmm. of age, like it, it seems very timely. So th- that was actually my pick for favorite should win. I think all I, I do. I did. You know. Actually, courteous of a I friend the of the AIDS show. I said the AIDS
1: epidemic. I meant, <laughs> I meant the opioid epidemic. I was like, "Well, I they don't were remember both pretty that part, bad. but it's probably happening simultaneously." But I definitely meant the opioid epidemic.
0: Uh, but uh, credit to Laurent, both you and a friend of the show, Dalton Stewart, on our top five of the of the year episode that we did um, in December. Uh, I hadn't seen it. And you guys talked it up, and I went and watched it. And uh, lo and behold, that is a fantastic documentary. It moved me in a lot of uh, really interesting ways. And it led me chewing on a lot, um, especially as we think about sort of the, the relationship between, again, like you said, art, legislation, but also these large corporations and how these three things can um, – how they relate to each other and can relate to each other. Uh, that said, I think Fire of Love is the most populous choice here. I feel like it's the one that has the most momentum in terms of – I think people have seen this one. The Academy voters have probably seen this one again. Uh, accessibility is a big part of that. So I think that's going to win. Should have been here. Where's Jackass forever? Come I on. I agree. I <laughs> love I was. <laughs> I voted listen.
1: for
3: that in the
0: Critics Circle. I did too. Listen, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I, <laughs> listen, you wanna I. You want to talk
1: about one of my favorite experiences in the theater last year? It wasn't Top Gun. It was Jackass Four. So, and
0: I don't even—I didn't even have much affinity for the original trilogy. I mean, they were fine, but like this it's one. That's just what
1: I needed at that particular moment. Exactly. I don't know, was it the pandemic like woes or what have it what have you going back? It was like it was the right amount of nostalgia. The little teenage boy, <laughs> me who used to watch that on M T V, was like, this is exactly what I needed. Why am I it's, crying? It's like it's, guys, it's the world
0: the, the world has melted down a couple times since the third one came out, and these guys, these yahoos are still getting together and abusing each other yeah. Yeah. with pranks. I'm the world's fine.
3: We're good. <laughs> I was also surprised Moon
1: Age Daydream wasn't on here.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Even in editing.
1: It was great. I saw that in IMAX. It was it was great. That that's a good that's a good point.
0: A lot of good choices in category. I really wish I need to see more. Uh, sorry, it might have a lot been of great choices too, in documentary.
1: Might have been a little too avant garde, avant garde, ethereal, weird yeah. kind of you know for people. Catamilly uh, goes
0: very so far with avant garde. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to. We're getting close to the end because our next category is best director. <laughs> First up, we have Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inisherin*. Number two, we've got Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart with Everything Everywhere All at Once. We have Steven Spielberg with The Fablemans. Then we have Todd Field with Tar. And then we have Ruben Ostlin for The Triangle of Sadness. Brandy, I'll start with you for Best Director.
2: Well, I think that given this category and the people who are in it, we've already discussed the people who are not in it. Um, still salty. Never going to not be. Um but I definitely think you the Daniels are going to win it. They should win it. They deserve to win it. Good on them let's make another movie
1: yep.
0: if you had told us two years ago that the directors the directing duo who made Swiss Army Man a movie I liked but you would never in any way ever associate with you know academy would would their next film would Sweep the Oscars and they would almost certainly win Best Director. I would have laughed at you in the face. Yeah, but yet, I think you're right. It's it, it's it's almost undisputable.
1: I'll you a, one better. It they they directed what was the the music video turned down for what turned down for what? Oh remember that really God. stupid song in the 2000s. <laughs> it's a great music video, and when you watch it, you're like that makes so much sense. They this was the start though, of the weird, quirky genius that they kind of created with that. That those directors made. Are, are likely going to win best pitcher and director. So that's exciting. Mm.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. I don't know. Seth, we'll go to you. The Daniels. I think Steven Spielberg has a small chance. I think that Gina Prince Bythewood should be here. Um, I, I also would, I would, there's like three people I would take out of this category, maybe four. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Everyone but the Daniels, kick them out.
0: I mean, I don't, I'm, I, I uh, there's at least two people I would take out of here. Yeah. Yeah, LaRon Chapman?
1: Uh, yeah, I think the Daniels are taking this. I, um, now, I would have said uh, before I watched the Guild, I mean, the Director's Guild, um, and because the Daniels did win there. And that yeah. was a very surprising win, because right. that was where if Steven Spielberg had any shot in hell to win, it was going to happen there. And it didn't happen there. And historically, what wins there wins in this category, um, like eight out of nine, eight out of ten times. So um, I think if you're a betting person, the Daniels should should win here. Um, And I also they're my choice to win here, too. It just it's a good store celebration of independent films and how these two quirky little dudes made a movie that on paper probably sounds ridiculous. And it has struck a chord culturally. And it is like it's generational. It's appealing to young people, old people, different demographics, different ethnic groups. You know, it's just it's just the movie for everyone everywhere all the time. You know, so.
2: Well, and I think that that's what has set it apart throughout the season because i think if you look at this category this category is sort of is the the microcosm of it keeping in mind i haven't seen Tri- triangle of sadness but i think what you're seeing here is you're seeing directors that are making movies for themselves mm-hmm. they're making movies because they're the stories that they need to tell i mean i think steven Spielberg with the Fablemans is a perfect example he's been trying to make this movie since 1999 i mean and so i think that you have Directors who are making these films for themselves and the Daniels made a film for everyone Yeah, that everyone in this sort of like post pandemic screwed up world could kind of like relate to. And so I think that that is what's winning them the day right now is mm-hmm. that it's I mean, I guess maybe you can call it the populist choice. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's a it's the reason why we love it is because it's a film that feels like it was made for the audience. Mm hmm and not necessarily made because i need to make this film right i feel like that's a function of a lot of and i feel that a lot with martin mcdonough since i write about theater as well as film i feel like he's making a lot of films and theater that are his own vision his own issues that he's sort of like working out through the writing and the rest of us are invited if we want to come and see it sure i felt the same way about the fabelman's like you're invited to come and see my childhood but you don't I need, need it. I needed to do this for me, not for you. Right. But I really felt like the Daniels, there's a sense to that movie that that movie was made for the audience. It's like you were invited to come on this cool trip that we want to go on. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, I agree with you. Will win, should win. The Daniels, not much more to add to it than that. Um, I guess, Seth, if I was just to add to your point, um, I would definitely take out Spielberg and Todd Field again. And I I like Tar. And I think people just – my understanding is that the Academy really likes Todd Field too, I guess. Uh, but, I did, I mean, in the direction is solid. But, I mean, listen, we we, we easily – we we needed we needed Sarah Pauly in here for sure. There were some options here for the Women King. I also really, really wanted to see – again, this is the RRR fandom coming out. I thought mm-hmm. it would have been really cool to see S.S. Uh, Raj Mahal, uh, Holi, uh get a nominee. And listen, again, I'm not saying – I think there's other people who would take precedent – But if you're going to pick a legacy filmmaker to put in this category, James Cameron was pushing the envelope quite a bit more than Steven Spielberg. I'm not going to – I'm just saying 14 years is a very impressive feat. You know, again, there's other people. Those are the two men I would put there. But, again, I think there's actually other women who should be there first. So just a lot of other better options for this category in my opinion. But – Let's move on to the acting categories. Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Number one, we have Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Innishirn. Number two, we have Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Number three, Jed Hirsch in The Fablemans. Number four, Barry, oh, man, I found out I was saying his. Kyogen. Kyogen, thank you. Uh, Barry Kyogen for The Banshees of Innishirn. And uh, Kihu Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once.
3: Seth, what is your pick here? Kihu Kwan is going to take it, and he should. Um, but I'm also really happy that Brian Tyree Henry is here. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to mm-hmm. get overlooked and I thought he was incredible and he's incredible in Atlanta yes. um, and Joker. And I didn't like that movie, but I I think he's good in everything and I'm glad he's getting some recognition. Um, I would have loved to see Brad Pitt here too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's one of the standout elements uh, in Babylon for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, it was, I think we've talked about this little on. Yeah, I liked it a lot better on second view. Yeah. It's, it's Brad Pitt or Leo are like the only two people who could have played that role and it meant mm-hmm. what it means in the context of that movie. A veteran I,
1: I, actor who's lost his magic and like, oh, people aren't paying attention to me anymore. He he grappled with that really well. Mm-hmm. I also would love to see Adam Sandler do that.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that would be great. Adam Sandler just needs to do more actual acting. He's so yeah. good at it whenever he decides to do it. When he
1: tries. Yeah. When, he's yeah. Like, when mm-hmm. he shows up.
0: Yeah, um, Bam, what is your pick here?
2: I think you have to go with Ki-Hu Kwan for it. I mean, I, it's that Super Bowl thing, right? It's the story. I mean, the performance is fantastic. I don't sure. want to, like, diminish it in any way. But the story is the best story mm-hmm. going this season. Yeah. Um, I think that um, you could very easily make the argument for Barry Keoghan. Because um, that was the one piece of acting that probably just leveled me the most the scene with Carrie Condon hmm. I mean I think that it was probably one of the scenes that left me in a, you know in the floor more than maybe any other s- yeah. scene or a lot of scenes it was one of the most memorable scenes I think I saw in film this year or this past year so I think you could make an argument for that but I just don't think you're gonna overcome I don't think in the acting categories in general it's gonna be very hard to overcome the everything everywhere all at once yeah. uh, group I think at this point they're kind of competing against themselves
0: Literally in some of these categories. really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leroyne Chapman? Yeah, I I think Keehu Kwan is the should and will win in this category. If there's anything of all the 24 categories of the Oscars that is a lock for me, it's that. That is the one I'm like, I will bet my mom's. Kidneys on that category. He's okay. winning that category. Sorry, mom. Hopefully she, hopefully he wins. <laughs> it's like, but, um, He's
0: but yeah. has got a lot
1: riding on the show. I got a lot riding on the, on, on, on the 16th category here, but, um, I would have swapped out Jed Hirsch for, uh, Paul Dano. I, I, I think yes. there was, there was just yeah. so much more there. I, I, I love Jed, Jed Hirsch's scene, but like, I, Paul Dano was doing a lot more and, I understand it's nuanced and people don't really respond to that unless you're, you know, um, uh, Francis McDormand in, Nor- in Nomadland. But, like, in general, like, that gets overlooked, you know, nuance. I'm so
2: glad you mentioned that because the man has never gotten his due. No, Seriously. and he's a character actor. He so for is... so him
1: to be playing such a, a low-key— Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah I worked in that absolutely. movie. Uh, 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 wildlife, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I am very happy to see Brian Tyree Henry here. Uh, Causeway actually made my number five this year, best films of the year. Um, it's a small movie, but it just connected with me. I love movies, two person films. I love just two people just working through their shit together. You know, like that just speaks to me on an emotional level. And I just thought he was so remarkable in that. And I was like, he'll never get a nomination for this, but man, it would be nice if he did. When they called his name, I screamed at my TV. So I was very happy with that. Um, but yeah, this is Kiki Kwan's. Kiku Kwan's going to win this, and he deserves it. And I love, as you mentioned, the story is even better than the performance, and the performance is fantastic. Spectacular. So,
2: and everyone wants to hear his speech. Absolutely, I can't oh.
1: wait to see his his tears so that I can cry. He's going to uh, yeah, get.
0: No, gonna I've watched like all eight of his speeches that he's already given, and I'm going to cry <laughs> like a baby yep. when he gives this one too. You know, that, that it's just a powerful story, and um, man, and just just to see this guy who who basically had given up. Go yeah. all, come back, go all the way to the top, and then like be able to stand there, toe to toe with his his heroes, the people who we worked with was yeah. as a kid. You know, that's just very ow. inspiring. Very, very inspiring. inspiring. Um, and so are his speeches so far, and I'm sure he's going to give an amazing one. I, you know, this is a tough category because other than Judd Hirsch, I really like all these performances. And again, Judd Hirsch is fine. Yeah, I just he's Judd Hirsch. We've seen <laughs> it. He's great. We love him at the thing. Um, you know who he's else?
2: fantastic at the thing, and the thing yes. really adds a lot to the fablemans. It adds a lot to most of the things that he's in.
0: Yes, I don't so. want to diminish. I don't want to diminish what he adds. Yeah, but it's one of those like it's it's another like Spielberg nomination. You're like, okay, well we've seen this guy do the thing, and right. he's really good at the thing, right? Right. Um, I would have loved to have seen Woody Harrelson for Triangle of Sadness. Also, total curveball. This never would have been nominated, but if I was picking a Best Supporting Actor for the uh, as a wild card, Ethan Hawke and the Black Phone. I thought he was fantastic. Um, would never be no- actually nominated, but if I were picking the awards for Best Supporting Actor, that would be on there. If I he, have not
2: seen that film, but I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm never going to say
0: no to Ethan Hawke. I, I, I say yeah, another yeah. actor who has not gotten his if due. If he properly. didn't
1: get it for First Reformed, and we won't get into that, because no. that's the uh, 17th before Sunrise or before, cat, Sunrise. Or before of su- any of the three of those movies, um, then yeah, but yes, he was good in the Black Phone in a very menacing like Ray Lance mark rylance in bones and all is really good You guys
0: I, I gotta say this is again <laughs> another podcast this is one where I, I thought i was watching a totally different movie than you two where i was like he's doing something and it is just not working for me <laughs> <It's> whatsoever <laughs> creepy
1: man but
0: sometimes you know that's just how it is like yeah. I, i've got i've got something that we uh, yeah i have something on that note later but mm-hmm. sometimes that happens you know yeah like, watching two
1: movies to disconnect
0: Let's move on to Best Actress in a Supporting Role, our 17th category. Number one, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number two, Hong Chao for The Whale. Number three, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Anna Number three, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Or number five, Stephanie Hsu, also for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Seth, we'll start with you on this category. This category is going to give me hives.
3: <laughs> this, it's <laughs> impossible. It is impossible, and it's chaotic. Um it, <laughs> It's hard. I, I freaking love Hong Chow. And I'm so glad she's nominated because yeah. she was in, I can't even remember this movie. It the was menu? the menu. No, yeah. no, no, no. It was two years ago.
1: Downsizing. No, no,
3: no, no, no. It was, it's a tiny movie and okay. she was incredible. Um, God, that's going to bother me. Um, But I, I, I'm glad she's getting recognized. I thought, I thought she was, she was my favorite part of the whale. Um, I, I love Angela Bassett. I, I think she's great.
0: Who doesn't love yeah, Angela know. Bassett? She's
3: and, and she, by the way, she could have phoned it in for the. Like, oh, yeah. She could
0: have phoned it in for this movie, but no, no, no. She showed up with her A plus game in a Marvel movie.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. kudos. Other people phoned it in. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is one of my favorite actresses, and I love her so much. And I'm so excited that she's nominated for mm-hmm. something. But Stephanie Shu should win this, and she gave my favorite performance of the year. I, I, I don't. That. I'm a sucker for good performances and acting has always been my favorite thing and always my favorite part of film, but there was something about this and I think it just hit me at the right time. Like, I don't know if it was stuff that I was going through or something, but I just related to her so much. And this, it, this movie gave me like an existential crisis and her performance was so real to me, even though it was bombastic and over the top and fun. It was, there was so much nuance and it, it was grounded and such her sort of like a real way that I, I thought she was the best of the year.
0: Hmm, man so hard to argue with all the passion around the table, but Brandy, <laughs> will you argue with this, the passion around the table?
2: No, I, I won't because I think that it's going to come down to Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie yeah. Chu. Um, and the great part about that is is that I am, think there's no losing in mm-hmm. that scenario. Yeah. I think that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she deserves to win. Um, I think maybe it's an age thing for me a little bit because I really related to her character and just like being that person who just like your life is not gone the way you thought it was going to. Um, I think maybe that's just different views of the same um, film. But I think that if Stephanie were to win, nobody would be happier than Jamie Lee Curtis. So I think that if she were to win, it would be also a great story and a very deserved Oscar and that, like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis will be another meme screaming for her if she does so. But I do think Jamie Lee Curtis deserves a win, and I think she will win. But I'm by no means going to be sad if Stephanie wins.
1: She won the SAG, right, Jamie Lee? Jamie Lee, surprisingly, Somehow yeah. Man, I won the SAG, was so happy. That right? was like, whoa! Oh, that just awesome. shook. That just blew everything out the box. Now yeah, I don't and know gave what the, best the hell. speech. Oh, yes, amazing she speech. Did. She did.
0: Yeah, Lauren Chapman, Anything to add to that?
1: Uh yeah. I just. um i love this category um and i hate this category because i can't pick i can't choose because i have a list of names and they're on my wall of women who have not won oscars who should have them mm. and angela bassett is on there jamie lee curtis is on there you know um and you know i think Hong chow's on there now because after i saw downsizing which wasn't a great movie i was like whoever she is she needs an oscar one day Drive and here ways. she is finally being Drive. nominated Oh, you, you thought of it yeah <laughs> um So I would be so happy to see Angela Bassett win. And I just because, you know, she's I feel like she's one of those actresses who is going to get overlooked for years and years and years. And if this is the year, then give it to her here. You know, like, but. Um, but if I'm being honest, like if I'm just going off of merit and and what I've personally loved in this category, it's between Carrie Condon and Stephanie Hsu in terms of like just actual performing, you know, like so Angela Bassett, I think, is is killing it. And I think she's great in that movie. Um, but it, it, I won't say it's my favorite Angela Bassett performance. And that's that's. That's because con- it's, it's contextualized in the universe of a Marvel movie. You know, like I like her in, in, in when she should have won for Tina Turner, you know, many mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so I think my personal choice, if I really had to pick, would be Carrie Condon. Um, I think she was so good in The Banshees of Anna Sheridan. In, in a very male-centric, you know, space, she just, every scene, she's a beam of light in that movie um, As a pre- as a personal choice. But I just won't be mad if anyone in this category wins. Honestly, like it genuinely, any one of these people win, I'm gonna be very happy.
0: Let's give them all awards. They're all. I mean, that's the every one of these. I think is is deserving. So yes. there's no losing with this category. I do think Jamie Lee, because of the SAG, has this in the bag. She has a um, momentum. If I were picking, man, it's so hard. It's not fair. They're all children. Let's pick. They're all like I want to. I love them all the same, but differently. <laughs> I don't have um, a favorite. they are all my favorites. I Hong Chao. I think I might have liked even more um, than Brennan Fraser in the Whale, I and I also loved Brennan Fraser in the Whale. And I just really loved. Uh, she also did the menu this year, so she had a couple of really strong performances uh, and that really poker lo- face. And oh, I haven't seen it yet, ah, but she's in Poker Face as well, apparently. Um so I just I all the all the goodwill to, towards Hong Chau. so I think if you had held a gun to my head and said you had to pick one um i would I would say Hong Chau immediately but I man, I love all of these performances. they're all so good and Jamie Lee Curtis, this is a career win for her. she's yeah, had it coming for yeah. a long time. I'm happy
1: for her. she's a lovely um, person. I've met her twice she's lovely she's a lovely lovely person ah oh,
0: man and it and not that I would replace any of the people in this category, but if I were to attack a couple other names on there. Because I really want Glass Onion more represented, I would say Kate Hudson or Janelle Monae from Glass Onion would you know fit in here this group
1: very well. Lashawna Lynch, Lashawna Lynch. Lynch, Tuso and Beto from 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 same movie, and also I would add three more from the women talking in the barn. There was at least three performances. Oh, yeah, in there yeah that Jesse board. Buckley, Jesse so Buckley, so the entire Ford, cast, really everybody. Rooney was Mara good in is
2: it. so good in that film. I'm so,
1: actually
0: convinced that the, the part of the reason none of them were on here was because they, they split pick. the
1: vote. They yeah. couldn't pick. It's like, how do you choose Jesse Buckley over Claire Foy over, you know, like they're just, they're all performing at the same level. And so it's like, they're getting the same votes. So you think like, no one actually gets enough votes to get in the categories. So. Also the blonde lady who played the assistant director in Babylon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was, she, she was, was really so good. good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was really good. I
0: need to look up. I totally spacing on her name. I think I'd, I've seen her in some other. I see studies. her face,
1: but Maybe possibly. <laughs> possibly.
0: Um, okay, let's move on because we are going so long over, but you oh, know yes, it's yes. the Oscar show that this always this I see. See we can't even edit our show. The
1: Oscar show will
0: go over too. So <laughs> um best actor in a leading role. We have number one uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, number two, Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. number three, Brendan Fraser for the Whale, number four, Paul Mescal for Afterstone, or number five, Bill Niley for Living. Man, Bill Nye. I love him. I'm just so glad to see him here. I'm not going to pick him, but I'm glad he's here. (laughs) Golly, I'm glad he's here. Um, I don't know. Uh, Bam, I'll start with you on this category.
2: Um, The one that I think should win and would love to see win, who I know will not win, is Colin Farrell. I'm a Mm. big Colin Farrell fan, and this is somebody that I feel like Hollywood tried to do the dirty on. They tried to make him a leading man and put him in a bunch of just garbage, and he – sort of muddled through that for a short period of time and then just found his way and found his way with Martin McDonough to a large extent. Mm -hmm. But I think he is so good in this movie, just incredibly good in this movie. And so I would love to see. And I also think it's kind of a career award, too. I mean, it's like you overcame that sort of Hollywood trap and now you're killing it. And you've been in so many good things this year. You just deserve it. There's no way he's going to win. But in my head canon, he wins. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to come down to um, Austin Butler, Butler, Austin Butler. Can you say his name? Or Brendan Fraser? And I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe the Lisa Marie momentum doesn't sort of like mm-hmm. kick him over the top. Yeah,
0: Ugh. yeah, you're right. That's like I had to Damn even considered that. That's a really good <laughs> point about the. A, yep.
2: Oof. I feel like I just sucked all the energy out of the room. Sorry, well,
0: guys. No, no, you're right. That no, was something I totally overlooked, right. but I actually think is an honor to El- the Elvis family. Yeah. 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 And I really don't want Austin Butler to win, oh. but that's a – I think you've got a good point. I think there's a very high likelihood that that could push him over. Even – that's enough to push him past the Brendan Fraser return narrative, which is also a very powerful story, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Um, um Don't disagree.
3: Seth, I don't know. What do you think? I'm I'm afraid that I I put that Austin Butler was going to win, and then I kept going back and forth. I I to your point, I agree, and I I think that's a big possibility. But Brennan Fraser, his his speech was fantastic. I thought for the most part at the SAG Awards, and he just elevated material that was so terrible, I and just <laughs> true. so manipulative and should have been directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, <laughs> I, I
2: and just. To be, since we're full disclosing, I did not watch this movie because mm-hmm. I literally couldn't watch yeah. this movie. No, I was yeah. like, no, 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 nope. You don't it's, need to. Nope.
3: It's fine. I think it's really. I, I so wanted really to do it for
2: Brendan, so bad, but I just
3: I can't. Yeah, it's hard to get through, um, <laughs> but he he is incredible in it, and I I think he does absolutely the most that he or anybody else could have done. Um. But, I, I'm afraid it's going to be Austin Butler. I, I would not be upset if it was Colin Farrell. But Brendan Fraser, I think, is going to win. I mean, he did get Maybe. the
0: SAG, which is a strong yeah. indicator. LaRon, where do you come down on this one? Uh,
1: it, it was Brendan Fraser all year, all year, all year. And then Austin Butler was like taking, you know, this, they're duking it out in all the Guild Awards. And then, and then you know, um, Brendan, Brendan kind of has kind of it feel like it swung back in his favor at the last minute here. Now I don't know. Um, I feel like Austin Butler, like you mentioned, I didn't put that factor into it. Um, but the one thing I think that's working against him is he is young and he will be back. And I think they're they have a tendency to give career wins to actors more so than they do the ingenue or the new up uh, the new shiny object. And I think maybe Jennifer Lawrence got one though. That is true. It's but she but is. it was her second nomination though. She yeah, didn't man. win for Winner's Bone. That's you right. know, when that was the first one. So I feel like Austin Brothers is his first nomination. It's the first time a lot of people are even hearing of him, you know. Um, so I look at it as like give him the nomination, he will be back. He's obviously a good actor. Um, I just want this to go to Brendan yeah. so badly for the story, the what it would mean, you know, and you know, let's book in the year with all the goodwill going his way, going to Jamie Lee or Angela, or Angela Bassett's way. That, that just let's make it the year of rewarding people who have been waiting in line for a very long time. I so. want to add to
3: that, if I can. Um, historically, if you look at the Oscars, specifically the leading actor awards. Um, you have people that come in like Jennifer Lawrence who win Best Actress, but you have that tends to happen more in the female category than it does in the male category. Because if you look at somebody like Timothy Chalamet uh, losing to Gary Oldman or mm-hmm.
1: stuff like that, you really don't see the younger actors take it. Yeah. So so Austin won the sag, right? I mean, no, no, Brendan won the sag. Brandon yeah. Won the SAG. Brendan won the sag so, and he won the critic's choice, which isn't the same voting body, but it, it just influenced the narrative. It influences yeah. the story, you know. Um, so I mean I think they're neck and neck. I I think it's probably so close we don't even, you know.
0: Man, guys, I can't tell you. And, again, I'm not saying Austin Butler was bad as Elvis. He did a great Elvis impression. But I feel like a lot of people have been doing that for decades. And, yes, he nailed it. I agree. But Brendan Fraser had such a, in my opinion, way more difficult task. He had to overcome a lot of mediocre material. Um, But also, I'm with Bam. Bam. You're gonna consider we're gonna we, do we really live in a world where people are seriously thinking about Austin Butler before Colin Farrell and the best
1: year of his career? He did gave four performances that were great, this and,
0: year. and like it's not just like he did the same. Yes, thing. we are living in that world. Oh, it's terrible because it's not like he just did the same thing in four movies. He did four wildly different performances in different genres and hit home runs with every one of them. And he's just been so overlooked for so long. He's yeah. put in the work. I really want Colin Farrell to win. That said, official prediction, because of the SAG, I'll go Brendan
1: Fraser. I would like to say I'm also just happy that the that after Afterside, my number two favorite movie of the year, got a nomination in the form of Paul Mascow. That made me very happy to hear his name called. Just a shout out to him.
0: All right, let's move on to our penultimate category for the night. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are not doing the shorts categories because I don't know that any of us have seen enough of
1: those to make informed decisions. So we're skipping those. I saw my year of dicks. You did just the name of the title and it is on Hulu right now and it is incredible so definitely check it out but Before that's the only one I've seen of the
2: best one. title I might at the so Oscars.
0: <laughs> best actress in the leading role our yeah. 19th category number 1 Kate Blanchett for Tar number 2 Anna de Armas for Blonde number 3 Surprisingly, Andrea Riceboro for To Leslie. Number four, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Number five,
1: Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. LaRon Chapman. We want to talk about chaos. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the best actress category this year. There is no Viola Davis. There is no uh, Daniel Deadweiler, who I believe actually gave the most heart-wrenching, soul-bearing performance of the year. In a movie that wasn't seen by many people, admittedly. But all the same, whatever. She's not here. I thought she was a lock for a nomination, not the win. Um Kate Blanchett, look, she's Kate Blanchett. She's gonna be spectacular in everything that she does. She's spectacular here. She's like Tom Brady
0: in this but movie. She doesn't
1: she's need it. She doesn't want it. Don't give her a third Oscar. She's literally saying, Give it to Michelle Yo. And that's what I want to see. Is Michelle Yo, who I think is deserving. And also would be a historic win for Asian um, actresses in best the Best Actress, best actress category. Wouldn't love to see that historic win go to her. Because when are we going to come back around to that again? It might be 20 more years from now. We have an opportunity to do it. And it would not be, you know, a, a pity award. It would not be pandering. It would be deserving She gave an incredible performance. I would love to see her win this. Michelle Williams is on my list of actors who should be getting an Oscar at some point in her career. I don't want her to get it for the Fablemans. And, you know, and I think she should be in supporting. And Mm -hmm. if she was in supporting, she probably would win. But she's she decided to campaign as lead. And so she will lose. (laughs) And so um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Ana de Armas. I hated blonde with a with a fiery passion. But she was honestly the best part of it. So I can't, I can't, forget
3: other part was bad.
1: I can't fault her for that. I say she was good in a bad, otherwise bad movie. And because I really, really, really don't like that movie, it, 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 it you know, it you know, taints I, my feeling of the overall experience in general. So I can't, she,
0: I don't want to get too arrogant here, but I feel like there's a high probability she's going to be back.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah, she's fine. I, did, I think I would have swapped her out for a Viola or a Danielle. That's the one I would take out here. The Andrea Risebro story, I actually like. it. I was upset on the day, but I went back and watched two Leslie. And I actually think she's incredible in it. And she's always been great. She's a great chameleon actress. She's been good for a long time. So it's nice to see her get some love in the last minute. I just wish it wasn't necessarily this year, <laughs> you know, like so. But whatever. Say, Lovey, here we are. But I think that Michelle Yeoh will win this. I think the momentum's in her favor now. I thought Kate Blanchett was a lock all season, but after winning the SAG and the love that you saw in that room, everybody dedicating their awards to Michelle Yeoh, I think that sentiment's going to carry her into the love for everything all everywhere at once, and I would be so happy to see her win. It would be historic, so, for sure. Literally, it would be historic.
0: Brandy, what's your take here?
2: It's time, Simba. You're going <laughs> to hear my talk. Lay it out field. there. Oh, <laughs> lay it <laughs> out. oh, lay it out. Here. Lay it out here. <laughs> I got to tell you, yeah. First of all, I think Michelle Yao is good. Yao or Yo, I don't know which one. Yo. yo She's so like, I, think. I say
1: Michelle, you say Yo.
2: Michelle Yo <laughs> is going to win, and she deserves to win. She deserves all the love in the world. Kate Blanchett was incredible in this movie. She was definitely the best part of Tar. She was almost too good in Tar. And I will tell you why. I hate this movie and also why I hate that her performance was so good that she made me like her performance. If you Google, so put into a Google search field Lydia Tar, the first thing it will say is a real person. Like she literally made people believe that this person was a real person. <laughs> That's how good her performance was, was that people believe that this is a real person. I did think it person. was a biopic. I thought I it was too. a biopic. They thought it was, they think it's a biopic. The problem with that is is that Lydia Tarr doesn't exist, not as a person, but as an entity in the universe. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: When they're giving that big spiel at the beginning where they're talking about all of her accolades and things like that, they list about five. At one point, she lists about five female conductors in classical music. And again, I cover classical music along with film. Those are literally the five Mm -hmm. classical conductors working on a high level in classical music. There's only five. They talk about her winning the EGOT. The The person that she's... That they mostly think she's based on Marin Alsup, the, the conductor that, by the way, hates this movie because they based it largely after, after her and she's never been accused of anything like sexual misconduct. Yeah. But they took every other part of her life um, to make the character. She's been nominated for four Grammys and she didn't nominate for an Emmy, but she's not even close to an EGOT. There is no woman working in classical music that is even approaching what this character achieves. But yet there's half a dozen high profile men who are classical conductors that Mm -hmm. lost their jobs between 2017 and 2020 because of me too. So the fact that it's so hard for women To break through as conductors on a high level in classical music, and that literally no woman—if you're going to put this movie as a exploration, as what Kate Blanchett and Todd Field has said, an exploration of a person in power being corrupted by their power—there is no woman in classical music that has that power. There never has been. Mm. It has not
1: happened. It's a fable.
2: And so it's it's not even a reality that exists. So pho- philosophically, I have such a problem with this film because literally no woman has that power in classical music at all. But yet, you know, Placido Domingo lost his job during Me Too. He got mm-hmm. fired from the LA Opera after twenty years because twenty people accused him of sexual misconduct. So there's tons of these stories in classical music about men.
1: So is your qualm that this should have been a male character?
2: I think that it's not even a subject worth discussing. Like I said, as if you're going to explore it as an exploration of power, no woman has ever achieved that level of power in classical music. It's not even possible at this point. So to present it as a, well, I'm just exploring it as an idea is incredibly disingenuous, I think, mm. and incredibly damaging because – no woman has ever gotten there, and it's hard for women to get there. It's really hard. There's only about five that have ever yeah. gotten there, and none of them have ever achieved mainstream success. They're not household names. That's why people think Lydia Tarr is a real person. But people are like, wow, is this Lydia Tar a real person? Should I know her name because she's achieved all these things? No, because no woman has ever achieved all these things in classical music ever. Mm-hmm. And so I have a problem philosophically with this film. From a filmmaking perspective – it is an hour and ten minutes before anything happens in this movie that is not building up Lydia Tar, to, again, a fable. She doesn't exist. You see all of these things that she's doing that no woman has ever done in classical music, living in that place, getting to do all those things. No woman's ever done that. No woman has ever gotten a chance to do that. So it makes me angry because she's so good in the film, but at the same time, the film is just based on such a flawed idea and it's so damaging to women who have such a hard time making it in that field already. That just makes me mad.
1: Okay.
2: So I love the performance because I think she's totally all in to the point that she makes you believe this is a real person with all of these flaws, with all of these crappy things that she does. But at the same time, she's practically a like a Batman villain or a Dick Tracy villain at some <laughs> point, you know I mean? But I did think that it was – I, you know, the ending, I think, was cleverly done. I think there was a lot of things that you could say about the film. I definitely think you can't bash her performance, but I'm kind of mad that she decided to play it.
0: I'm not going to spend uh, our already very lengthy podcast. <laughs> like, that's. I just will say that's a very valuable perspective. Mm-hmm, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Because when you put it that way, the things I liked about that movie, I, I suppose, were not dependent on the gender. Yeah. So with that in mind, why not position it as a male, which have – there are men who have achieved things like that. Sure. Um, and have
2: been knocked off their pedestal for mm-hmm. reasons similar to that.
0: Right. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I, I, have, a lot I, liked, of, I, I have a lot of thoughts. I like the yeah.
1: themes. I like the ideas. Yeah. I like the – that's what I chewed on the most is yeah. like that's what I took away. But I, I obviously I can't speak to that perspective and you hearing it from you and how passionate you are about it. I can see how – I can see how that could be could set a precedent for the way people perceive women in certain certain fields. And so um, to that extent, yeah, I imagine it wouldn't be good Um, uh, as a film. I like it as a, you know, as a think piece about power structures and how that it could be damaging to different people. But
0: I I don't know if this is going to um, I, I, I am walking on eggshells and I might get in trouble for this. Um, so my reaction before I saw the movie, cause Leron saw it before me. Yeah. And he said, he started describing the themes, mm-hmm. you know, the exploration of power and how it corrupts and cancel culture. And I said, so is this like about JK Rowling? And, mm. and especially cause that's the stuff that interested me the most. Right. Yeah. So hearing that perspective that you lay out which I think is incredibly valid and and really I mean I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while so mm-hmm. uh, um I wonder if either you make it a man instead or you apply it to actual people who are actually abusing the power of their platforms um, but then but then with the latter it's almost too timely right yeah. like it's almost like oh this is too close we to
1: home kind of get it what she said but not of the same extent right because you know? it's fictional
0: right yeah. so so
1: a lot of food for thought. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that.
2: I and so I love the performance. That's the part that gets to me is that it is such a good performance that yeah. it almost plays into the problems that I have with the film. Mm. Uh, but I don't want to take anything away from Michelle Yo because oh my gosh, what a performance. Yeah. I mean yeah. of yeah. of a of a character that works on so many levels yeah. in terms of just never having gotten what she feels like she wanted to out of life, never having gotten that validation from her father, never having Gotten what she never had even appreciated the relationships that she did have. Um, But then also just playing a badass action
0: hero. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen the speech where she, um, that went viral really early in the whole like awards circuit, where she was talking about how when she got the script for it, she's like, oh my gosh, finally a role that's going to utilize every skill I've been sharpening my entire life. Yeah. And she hit like home runs every time. When she's
2: the Swiss Army knife Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the
2: Swiss Army man guys movie.
0: Here, oh, you
3: wow. <laughs> You're welcome. Bam. Wow. Bam. Bam. <laughs> Lots of puns here. Okay.
0: Uh, did Seth, Seth get to win? No, on? no. I was going to say Seth. Sorry, Seth. What, what's Sorry, your, Seth no,
3: don't. I, I never even thought of it that way. Opening my eyes. Um, I'm mad at this category, too. My <laughs> two favorite, the two people I would decide between aren't even nominated. So um, I, I think that Danielle Deadweiler should have been here. I also really liked Margot Robbie. There's a scene at the beginning of Babylon where she's on set for the first
1: time, and it's just so fucking With incredible. The tear. Yeah, the mm-hmm. tears, the crying, uncute. Yeah, that's so good. That's um, so she
0: good. actually had to act as an actor doing that. Yeah. that's just so so
3: impressive. I thought she was the most charismatic performance of the like entire year. I just. I, I would have probably given this to her, Danielle Deweyler. I think
2: Seth should be leading the campaign for Babylon.
3: And what I don't (laughs) even love it.
2: Because (laughs) I, I have not given that movie any serious consideration to watch after I just disliked the trailer
3: actively. But
2: Seth is really selling it to me, not in terms of like, will I love this movie, but will I appreciate certain parts of it that are excellent.
3: Yeah. I think for a good half of
0: it you will. Yeah, and and there's even elements in the the half that doesn't work that are really powerful. That's yeah, the yeah. thing.
1: There's that's the, the tragedy of Babylon. It's like so much of it is. It just dropped great. on Prime, so it's free if you have Prime. No. You can watch it because mm, it wasn't so, making any money in theaters. Yeah, uh, I, I do
3: think Michelle Yeoh should win out of these nominees, but I think I think Kate Blanchett's going to win because if you look, every year we have something like. The Chadwick Bozeman thing where oh gosh, like, right. they built
0: the whole ceremony around yeah. him winning and he lost.
3: And th- yeah. So I just I think that's this year and I think Kate Blanchard's gonna win.
0: The one, yeah, that's right. The one time they put the best actors the closing category, clearly to give it to the actor who is no longer alive. Yeah, maybe take a fucking look
3: <laughs> if you're gonna do something
1: <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's it just, not moral, but just
2: comes across as so cringe. Yeah, and yeah. the actor
0: who won wasn't even there because of COVID.
1: It made it worse. It, it was worse a... than Land. Oh no! no, no. Fiasco. Oh, terrible.
2: You gotta do better than that if you want to win the uh, the ratings with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, nothing more
0: to add. Michelle Yeoh, hands down, will win, should win. I, I, I feel pretty confident about that. I, I just a couple of other names I want to throw out there that haven't been mentioned yet. Um, Kiki Palmer and Nope, I thought she was outstanding. I kind of initially was like, I th- had her pigeonholed my head as a supporting actress. And I was like, no, 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 she's the lead in that movie for sure. Um, also Mia Goth and Pearl yeah. again, not an Academy award type. That's
1: so good. Movie. I disagree, but not, well, no, not, no, no, the performance, one, yeah. the
0: performance is great. Yeah. You would never see a movie like Pearl. Yeah You know. It's, it's, associated with horror, low budget from Ty West. The performance is incredible. And I think that movie is incredible, but um, that would have been another one that I, I just think was deserving of the best actress in the leading yeah. role nomination. So, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it after more than two hours of discussion. Uh, <laughs> we are at the best picture uh, category here. So the nominees are, as a reminder, Number one, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two, Avatar, The Way of Water. Number three, The Banshees of Anishirin. Number four, Elvis. Number five, Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Number six, The Fablemans. Number seven, Tar. Number eight, Top Gun Maverick. Number nine, Triangle of Sadness. And number 10, Women Talking. Bam, I'm going to let you do the honors to kick us off in this category. Who wins?
2: I appreciate that. Everything Everywhere, All at Once wins. Are we (laughs) right? Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> Knives at dawn.
0: Does anyone disagree with that at this table? Are we, are we all on the same page on will win, should win? No. Yeah. No? No, no? No? Okay. Okay, go
3: ahead, okay, go ahead Seth. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I should win. Yes, we're all on the same page. I have no faith. Um, <laughs> the, I'm serious. with the, If you look at the past since La La Land, everything that's always going to win never wins except for Nomadland. Mm. Like, I mean, last year, The Power of the Dog didn't win. Parasite ended up winning fucking Green Book one. Um, I, don't, I don't trust it, and I think that... Well, oh, Parasite was a sweep, though. At the end, but not, like, for the... Like, nobody expected it to actually win Best Picture.
2: Point on the gold statuette where the Academy hurt you.
3: <laughs> um, With the Green Book, it's in the Green Book part. <laughs> right here. I right mean, here. don't want to watch a sequel to Driving Miss Daisy.
0: Listen, <laughs> what's it? ironic, and we did, we failed to mention, the, it's, the Academy is a weird one because... The year before Green Book won was Moonlight, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah. So it goes from Moonlight, hyper, very progressive. It's like, oh, we moved. No, the year
3: before it was shape of Water. <laughs> it was a
0: shape of Water? Or two oh, years before? Right. It was okay. Thank you. Important correction there. But again, you think you're saying progress, 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 ten years back.
1: Yeah. Ten step backwards. Yeah. yeah.
3: I, I, I don't know what's gonna win. I, I want it to be everything everywhere, and maybe I'm crazy. But even Coda winning, like I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. There's four movies in my head that I could see winning, and it's all quiet, um, besides Everything Everywhere, which is chaotic, because that's literally five movies that could win. And I think Pantries has a small chance. I I think Top Gun, and I also think Women Talking. I mean, it's a preferential ballot. That would be
1: hilarious.
3: Like, it it could be be so many people's number three that it could end up... I mean, not to go into specifics, but look at what happened this year in some of our categories that we voted on, right? Like, somebody... Got second yeah. that had more less first yeah. place
0: votes. So for so for context, listeners, uh, the Oklahoma Film Critics Circle' um, most disappointing film was it was Babylon, right? We had no, that, it was it was, uh, it was number two. It was ranked in our. It was either it was like a runner up uh, most disappointing film. That's what it was.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but it was also in the top ten films because of the way our, our preferential balloting, Some people love that movie some people really hated that Mm. movie so it was both the runner up for most disappointing and also i think number six or seven
3: well and the way that best actress panned out yeah (laughs) but i gotta say i count
0: the votes uh counted the votes this year and uh it's a lot of fun
3: yeah (laughs) it's chaos i can imagine so i have no idea what's gonna win i just i don't want it i i I don't want it to be like three movies and i don't really care i want it to be everything everywhere but I, i have no faith in the academy
2: And maybe that's the most, like, the biggest indictment you could have of how the ratings of the Oscars, right? I mean, I know I talk about, you know, the four-hour ceremony or the whatever, but maybe it's just that people don't feel like they can trust the Academy to actually give the award to what, at this point, I would think there would almost be a consensus of what we all agree is the best film.
1: What most people say.
2: And it's it's an incredibly popular film, too. I don't don't want to diminish the fact that if you're talking about – you know, giving awards or showcasing popular movies. It was an incredibly popular film. And so it was the the, the best film box office-wise that A24 has ever released. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think um, maybe that's a problem. I mean, maybe people see there's a credibility problem with the Academy of, yeah. you know, maybe we can't trust the Academy to actually give awards to the films that we, or the people that we all agree ought to get them.
0: It's tough. You know, I could see... Dark Horse, like the the fable, like to the your point, the preferential balloting, the fableman's comes in because it's like everyone's number three movie, number two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That said, I'm betting on everything, everywhere at once. It's my pick, and I I do think the narrative and the way it's sweeping all of all of the the guild awards tends to give me confidence that it's going to take it this year. I think it is a parasite type sweep this year. Um, That said, guys, can we, we have to mention here, I mean, there was a very critical choice left out of this category because we can all agree that the year 2022 was the year of Morbius and it was nowhere to be found in best picture category. What do you I think this is a crime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's a crime that it's been mentioned in this podcast. Wow. <laughs> I left it out of
0: our top five films of 2022, but I guess I had to work it in here somewhere. <laughs> uh, but no, in ser- all seriousness, I would have loved to have seen RRR in here. I would have loved to have seen uh, Pinocchio, and I would have loved to have seen Glass Onion. Um, probably would have swapped out The Fablemans and Elvis and maybe Triangle, if you had to really twist my arm
1: for those. Yeah. I just squeezed a a woman King in here as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, I think, yeah, of all those categories, I think everything ever, I I think if a couple months ago, I would have said it's going to go to the fablements and it's going to bore me to tears that that very, I like the movie and I don't want to, you know, shit on the movie because I do like the film. I just, it's just a, a boring choice for the, for the, it doesn't say anything about the culture to me. I like the, I like the best picture film to speak to what, Everyone was was talking about that year. What was striking a chord? And I don't think The Fableman's is that movie. I think it's a safe well, choice. Well,
0: in some ways, I don't think it is for the general populace. But it would, I think, strike a chord with the Academy because I mean, there were a lot of movies about the love of making movies this year, and Men's yeah. is, is the Spielberg version. I don't. I'm not saying it should. Win. Yeah. I'm just saying. The academy does have a habit of getting a little insulated and yeah. and really love voting for loving movies. So. Yeah, they
2: love movies about movies because they make movies. I mean, you know that <laughs> yeah. that's kind of a thing that they and I think that's why when you talk about the La La Land Moonlight situation, I think that's why it was easy for everyone to believe that they would give it to La La Land. Yeah, um, and people were surprised that <laughs> it was actually Moonlight because they they have a reputation right of of the love of icons that make movies the love of loving movies the love of making movies really speaks to them because they make movies right
1: right yeah and i i think that um i mean it's it's i feel like like i said a couple months ago i would have said everything everywhere all at once would not win this i think it will now um just because when it won sag ensemble and you know it it you know it seems to be now the be the momentum and all the favors And, and to your point about last year the power of the dog was over over performed at the oscars with nominations but to be fair that is not as universally loved I, i loved it but like it was not universally loved and beloved by as many different demographics and different different artistic groups even general public you know as i think everything everyone wants so i think that That also is kind of working in its favor because it really is just seems to be connecting with people you don't even think it would connect with, you know, so. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, the only way to find out is to tune into the Oscars this Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, we will find out who takes home the little Goldman and, you know whether or not I love all the winners, I will say this is probably the most excited I've been about in Oscars in a few years, just because I really like, I really love a lot of the movies nominated and a lot of the people nominated these categories. So I'm looking forward to the show. And again, um, I like Jimmy, I think Jimmy Kimmel has potential to, to really poke a lot of fun at the Oscars and how bad it's been since he's last hosted. So, uh, we'll see, um, what we are at a time. We went way over, uh, as tends to happen on the Oscars show. um, uh, before we sign off today, I do want to give our listeners a chance to know where they can keep up with you and your work online. Uh, firstly, Seth, I'll start with you, sir. Uh, Seth Stewart, Real Deal Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people
3: follow you and your work online? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seth Stewart underscore, and you can find my website on the real at the Real All right, Brandy Donald, how about mm. you?
2: Well oklahoman.com is the oklahoman website you can find my work on there and then i'm also on twitter at bam okay and um, i'm on facebook brandy bam mcdonald
0: all right and uh, of course again listeners oklahoman if you're wanting to keep up with all the arts and entertainment news here in oklahoma she is basically the source of all of it at this uh, point i appreciate that lauren <laughs> well, chapman where can people follow you and your work online
1: I mean, if they see it necessary, they can follow me on Facebook under my name, Leron Chapman. They can follow all of my reviews on Letterbox at black underscore cinna underscore man. And they can follow me on Instagram at blackmoviemagicokc. And of course,
0: you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and most importantly, Letterboxd, all at C Masters Talk, that is letter C Masters Talk, where you can find more of my work over at thecinematropolis.com. Thank you so much uh, for each of you for joining us for this extra long Oscars prediction podcast. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait and to, to see big night. And also, LeBron, you and I will be back here maybe with this group or others again next year, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, listeners, we'll catch you again next time with a double feature review of Cocaine Bear and Creed 3. Until next time.